4.5 FM, W233DB in Norwich. Coming up to 10 o'clock. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Rich Thomason. Former President Trump's first challenger for the 2024 GOP presidential nomination formally rolls out her campaign today with an event in Charleston. Nikki Haley, a former South Carolina governor and U.N. ambassador, released a video yesterday declaring her candidacy. Republicans have lost the popular vote in seven out of the last eight presidential elections. That has to change. Today's event in Charleston marks the first time Haley will appear in public as a declared White House hopeful. Her home state holds a critical early primary that influences the fate of the GOP nomination. Haley is the first major Republican to officially challenge Donald Trump, but she'll hardly be the last. I'm Julie Walker. Then a vigil for the three Michigan State University students killed in this week's attack on the East Lansing campus. Five other MSU students injured by the gunman who later took his own life when he was confronted by police and there has been no word on a motive. Americans went shopping last month, stepping up their spending following a weak holiday shopping season. Retail sales jumped 3% in January after having sunk the previous two months. It was the largest one-month increase since March of 2021. Driving the game was a jump in car sales along with healthy spending at restaurants, electronic stores, and furniture outlets. That's correspondent Jeremy House. A town hall meeting on tap tonight in East Palestine, Ohio, for residents dealing with the aftermath of the toxic train derailment. They are very concerned about air and water quality. A new APNORC poll finds American support for providing Ukraine with weapons and economic aid to fight the Russians is fading. 48% support for weapons, down from 60% early on. Wall Street, Dow down 171 points. More on these stories, townhall.com. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. The U.N. launching a humanitarian aid appeal for Ukraine, the BBC's Imogene Folks in Geneva. A year of war has destroyed homes, schools, hospitals and livelihoods. The U.N. appeal aims to provide them with life-saving support. Priorities are food and health care. Meanwhile, 4.2 million refugees in neighbouring countries such as Moldova, Poland, Romania and Slovakia will receive help too. Today's appeal is just to cover 2023, but like so many other conflicts, this war shows no signs of ending. Nicola Sturgeon has announced that she will be stepping down as First Minister of Scotland. 
He, uh, led, she has led the uh, country's government and the Scottish National Party for eight years and held a news conference earlier today at her official, official residence who make the announcement. News and analysis at townhall.com. Drive a Nissan. The automaker is recalling nearly half a million of them. Nissan says the recalls for more than 463,000 older vehicles. The company says the emblem on the steering wheel can come loose when the airbag is deployed and injure drivers. The recall covers certain Frontier small pickups, Titan large pickups, and Xterra Pathfinder and Armada SUVs from 2008 through 2011. It also includes Quest minivans from 2008 and 2009, along with about 11,000 parts used for service. Nissan says it has received reports of four injuries due to the problem. I'm Mike Hempen. Billionaire Elon Musk says he expects to find a new CEO for Twitter probably toward the end of the year. He says he needs to stabilize the organization and make sure it's in a financially healthy place. More on these stories, townhall.com. It's time for the number one talk show of Eastern Connecticut and Southern Rhode Island. The Stu Breyer Potpourri Talk Show on 1310 WICH. Now here's Stu Breyer. Morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. 889-5252 is our telephone number. If you'd like to check in. This first hour is an open forum, and then I will have a couple of guests, and you're welcome to call in when they're on the program with us as well. Uh, rethinking the legacy of the Norwich State Hospital. They are working on a documentary. Steve DiPolito, filmmaker, former Norwich Hospital employee, producer of Brewster's Neck, Memories of Norwich State Hospital, and Last Day at Norwich State Hospital. Christine Phillips will be with him. She's the author and researcher, wrote Less Patients, More Patients. A History of the Norwich State Hospital, Images of America, Norwich State Hospital. So, going to be a special hour. In the meantime, we have an open forum, 889-5252, so we can get into a lot of different things. Good morning, you're on the air. Hello. Hello there. Hi, Hi, Larry. How you doing? Good. Good. Compliments of the uh, 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 News Nation. Uh, last night, I can't believe um, this story. Um, those three uh, kids uh, murdered in the other five that are critical condition. That punk who shot them uh, uh, at 19, uh, uh, 2019, he got conv- he got convicted of carrying a uh, firearm without mm-hmm. a permit, yep. which is a felony in Ohio. And Gaston, once again, George Gaston uh, paid the woman district attorney um, to get her elected into the spot, and she dropped the charges on this guy, dropped the charges, and put gave him a misdemeanor. Therefore, there's double jeopardy. He, so he got the misdemeanor, didn't have to go to prison. He's supposed to serve a five-year sentence, mandatory. Mandatory in Ohio for that charge, okay? And also, if you get charged for that and convicted, you can't carry a firearm anymore for the rest of your life. So there's two things that if they follow through with a conviction, they uh, uh, these three kids would not be would be dead today. And you think that they're going to do something to the district attorney? Uh, uh, no. Uh, they can do whatever they want. 
So You know, Larry, um, it's almost impossible to watch the news anymore without getting depressed. I'm, I'm very familiar with that story, and uh, you, I would love to hear instead everybody's yelling, guns, yep. guns, guns. Why don't you and keep these people worse, locked up? Hmm? They interviewed the legislatures. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 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 news media interviewed a uh, legislature uh, yesterday. I can't remember who she was. And they asked her why, why uh, they only talk about, this is what I said to you many times. They, she, they were asked, how come they only talk about guns and not incarceration mm-hmm. for the people who are doing these shootings? And you know what she said? What? You ain't going to believe this one. She said that uh, because they don't want to lock up, uh, we don't want to lock up any people because of uh, black people. We don't want to lock up any black people because it'll be, uh, it won't be in um, e- equal with the amount of white people that are locked up. It's totally sick. How do you like that for a comment? Totally sick. Huh? It's sick. What can I tell you? Yeah. Makes well, no sense. One, um, if you keep up with shootings, this was very unusual. Black people usually do not commit uh, the uh, mass shootings. They do more of the uh, the, the, the pistol shootings with, with uh, one-on-one, and when they do, they usually shoot all the black people. Uh, white people, this was an unusual case. This guy that did this was black. But most of the shootings, the mass, mass shootings at schools and colleges or wherever, grocery stores, is all done by white people. First of all, it makes no sense. I mean, in Chicago, uh, innocent black people uh, are being line, shot. Here's the bottom line story. They, they, they finally came out and admitted it to the public yesterday. Not only this, but all crime. They do not want to lock up black people. Mm-hmm. Okay? This is the reason for the lack of incarceration today. And they finally came out and admitted it yesterday on national TV. Well, that was one person. Hopefully the others yeah, don't the, feel the she, same she, way. She was, it was her, but she answered for everybody. That's what she did, which was, which, which is true. I've known this for a long time. This is what was going on in our country. And uh, it's going to continue. They're not going to lock up these people, uh, white or black. They're not going to lock them up. They don't want anybody in prison, <clears throat> period. Well, I guess they don't want to protect black people who are getting murdered uh, at a great rate by gangs no, and black No, they don't people. mention anything about that. They don't mention about these, these black punks that are shooting and killing all these black kids, black on black crime. They, they, they don't care. They do not care. But anyways, this guy, to put it, if this guy was in prison, so for the five years mandatory sentence, Guess what? These three kids would be alive today, but nobody's going to be held responsible. Nobody's going to get sued. The family's lost their kids, and that's it. Case closed. I don't know how he got a gun again. You think his name would have been on some kind of a list or you know something? You know why he got a gun? I just told you. The charge was dropped. They dro- okay, so that means... misdemeanor, and he was able to go out and get a gun legally because it wasn't a district attorney did. Well, I'd like to put the uh, district attorney in jail uh, for about 50 years. Yeah. Why don't you call Judge or, or Gaston, your buddy, Way right, uh, for all the things that he's done in this country. Can you believe the money that he's poured out for district attorneys in this country, and they fall for this, these district attorneys get hired, and they do what he tells them to do? about letting all these criminals to get back on the street? Well, if his goal is to destroy the country, he's doing a heck of a good job. Yeah. Thanks, Larry. Okay, sure. Thank you. Can hardly watch the news anymore. If you have any common sense, you'll just...
pull your hair out. Of course, I don't have much to pull out. You're on the air. Welcome. Oh, hi, Stu. Hi. Hey, I heard what um, Larry was talking about. I hear these you stories know, all the time. All the time. my last judicial watch, you know, do you know that our own federal government is putting millions into George Soros's little... They're not named George Soros Foundations like the Clintons and everybody else's. There are foundations that he's got right here in this country that our own government is funding. And I... I well, first of all, first of all, Susan, it doesn't matter how wicked and awful George Soros is. He's a cruel, evil man. As long as you can get money from him, that's okay. Yeah, and so the, where, where I'm going at is that he is the one that funds these prosecutors and everybody to get in there. Sure, because they get more commercials, they get more time, and uh, the voters need to understand that. Yep, and so that he, because George Soros is all about destroying America, the fabric of America. He's doing a great job. law and order. He's doing a great job. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. And um, here's some things that I found out. You know that first balloon, the gigantic one? You know, the that, one that... Uh, Obviously, was not a weather balloon, but yeah, it was gigantic. Yeah, the one that was over Alaska. Mm -hmm. Well, I found mm -hmm. out in the middle of the night, of course, that this moron, Millie, I'm going to blame it on him, they were following it since it left mainland China and went over Guam, which has bases, which went over Hawaii, which has bases. You know, I think everybody knows at this point that they were a week late from bringing it down. So. And, you know, and I'm like, well, I believe Millie's bought and paid for it by the Chinese. The only thing that's funny now... No, I don't think so, but go ahead. Millie tried to call his counterpart in China, and they won't answer the phone with him. So, oh well. And um, then, you know, on the Ohio thing, which, yeah, is getting a lot of talk now, besides all the thousands of fish that are floating around dead, I heard that somebody, a woman had said that was 10 miles away from that town that her chickens died in her backyard, and that was 10 miles away. It's very, a very dangerous situation. I do have to take a break, but thank you. Right. We'll be right back. I'm so frustrated with our company's cleaning service. They're not living up to their promises, and it's really starting to bug me. That's why I use SureBright Commercial Cleaning Services. I know it's done right every time. Out of sight, out of mind. I'm Chris Heller, co-owner of SureBright. It all comes down to customer service. We know that our customers, like Hall Communications, trust us with their facility as well as their image. And we appreciate just how important superior maintenance is to our customers, their customers, and their employees. That's why with SureBright, you'll get only the best in service and quality. Being a family-owned, independent company, customers always call either Chris or Patsy Heller with any questions or concerns. SureBright Commercial Cleaning Service, a division of SureBright Enterprises Incorporated. Out of sight, out of mind works for me. I'm going with SureBright Commercial Cleaning Services. Great choice. SureBright Commercial Cleaning Services. Done right every night. Out of sight, out of mind. Serving Connecticut. Call 860-887-9785 or visit SureBrightInc.com. Hi, this is Pete from Yankee Remodeler. And thanks to our many customers, both our residential and commercial divisions are booming.
We're looking to add experienced carpenters and shop carpenters who want to be part of a dedicated team of professionals who enjoy doing the skills they do best. Yankee Remodeler is a full-service general contractor that's been trusted and relied upon since 1971. We offer competitive wages, benefits, and a great work environment. You can find us at yankeeremodeler.com. You'll be glad you did. Take it from me. I've been part of the Yankee Remodeler team for the last 28 years. Yankee Remodeler! Do you need money for college? Are you interested in a career in broadcasting? If you're a Connecticut resident studying journalism, communications, sales, marketing, production, or broadcast engineering, you're eligible for a scholarship from the Connecticut Broadcasters Association. The deadline to apply is March 15th. Grants will be awarded for the next academic year. So go to ctba.org to download the application form and apply now. We have a special hour coming up about the Norwich State Hospital and that will be recorded uh, after the 11 o'clock news. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Father Stu. Hello, Boston Benny. Buongiorno. Ah, buongiorno to you too. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to be listening to that, that special hour. Mm-hmm. And uh, I appreciate your show for a lot of reasons, but this morning, I'm I'm calling to see if if I can ask you a question. Certainly. When you you, you see when you say things, sometimes the, you I'm sure you realize a lot of your listeners can relate to what you're saying and what you're saying about the news this morning about watching it and what's going on. What what's your take on it? On the news I'm taking on getting. it. Well, I've you know numerous times I've said that uh, you have to lock up dangerous people. If you don't do it, they'll eventually kill somebody, and that's the case many, many times. And if that's why you're saying it's hard to watch the news, it's hard to listen when they let people go that are dangerous. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to listen to that. Among other things in the news, of course. Yeah. Well, that, that's what I thought, too. You know, it is the, the violence is really horrific mm-hmm. and when you see the, the people who are being victimized. And, and as a result, it, it impacts the whole country. People are being victimized, good people, because we have a tendency in some states to be soft on crime, and it does not work. And it, well, we're uh, going to have to do something. Yeah. So, I hope you have a you know, a great show. Thank you. I'll be listening. Goodbye. Good to hear from you. Please, before you vote for somebody, you know, I, you know, some of them will have nine million commercials on, and you'll say, "Oh, they must be the person," but they're being funded by uh, some rogue people like George Soros, who hates this country. I know you're saying, "Oh, come on, really?" Uh, well. It's been proven numerous times. Anywho, it's an open topic. 889-5252 is the number, so anything you'd like to discuss this hour, it's all opinions are welcome, as you know. Fox News commentary. So Nikki Haley is officially running for president in 2024, and I've got some thoughts. I'm Tommy Lahren. More next.
It's Jesse Kelly here. I can't afford to lose 30% of my 401k or IRA again, and I'm assuming you can't either. Call Oxford Gold. Securing your IRA or 401k with real gold and silver is a portfolio protection plan, and Oxford Gold has made it easy as one, two, three. One app, one call, and you pick your precious metals. That's it. You now own precious metals. Call Oxford Gold today to learn more about the one, two, three protection plan. 833-404-GOLD. 833-404-GOLD. Out of the bag, former South Carolina governor and U.N. ambassador Nikki Haley is running for president in 2024. And in other news, paint is drying somewhere. Sorry, guys, this just doesn't excite me. In her announcement tweet, she said it's time for a new generation of leadership, and she is right, but I don't think it's her we want or need. Now, don't get me wrong, on paper, she makes a great candidate. She's accomplished, educated, a daughter of immigrants, South Carolina's first female governor, all great stuff, but sorry, not sorry, I don't think she's got a snowball's chance in hell. First of all, she said in 2021 she wouldn't run against Trump. A woman can change her mind. But it's worth noting the flip-flop. And furthermore, I think we all know this race is going to be Trump versus DeSantis. And the only Republican announcement many of us give a hoot about is Governor DeSantis. Good for Nikki Haley for having the gusto to make the attempt. But just like her announcement video, I predict she will fall very flat and quickly. This is a Ron versus Don race. I'm Tommy Lahren. Well, I like Nikki, and I would have no problem her being our next president and first female president, but I don't look at gender or female or this. I'm looking for the best person, and I think she's well qualified. And so is the governor of uh, Florida, well qualified. And that's my point of view. What's yours, 889-5252? What do we got cooking today in the weather forecast? Eh, A little bit of everything. Partly to mostly sunny. Temperatures could hit 58 degrees a little early on spring. Why not? 48 tonight. Thursday, we could hit 65 degrees. Doesn't this beat shoveling snow? Come on. Come on. All right. Hey. As you know, in this program, we've talked about bullying quite a bit. And there should be no second chance in bullying in school. Or anywhere else, for that matter. There's a tragic story, and it's one of many, unfortunately. So if you know somebody who's being bullied in school, don't turn the other way. And if you think your children are acting a little different and being afraid of going to school or your grandchildren, talk to them about it. A New Jersey student ended her life after months of bullying. It's just an unbelievably sad story. This was at a Vermont middle school and this young lady Andriana Cooch a student at Central Regional High School was found deceased at her home two days after the shocking video surfaced of her being abused in school she had been abused for a very long time the disturbing video shows Andriana and her boyfriend walking down the hallway of the local public high school when a student walks up and starts walloping her in the face with a water bottle. Andriana falls to the ground where she is repeatedly kicked and punched by a group of students. Cheering is heard from the students who took the shocking video. They actually took a video of it. She had been uh, bullied for almost the whole year. She couldn't stand it anymore and took her life. These things should never happen. So what happened to the uh, students? I, I understand they've been expelled, but I hope they get jail time. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. Hello there. Good morning. Morning. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine. 
Oh, okay. I'm. I know you're going to have to be talking. Are uh, going to have somebody on about mm-hmm. Norwich State Hospital? Yep. It was called Brewster's Neck. I even heard a call the Looney Bin. I'm a daughter of someone who was committed there back in 1935. So yeah, I mean, I would you really could. Love to, you could call the show and talk a little bit about it. Yeah. So how yeah, did you? I, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what ha- ever happened there. I was just I was four years old, and my mother wanted to leave my father. She didn't drive, mm-hmm. so my father went to a doctor and got her committed there, and she was never the same. It was I. Uh, I remember going to visit on a Sunday afternoon and sitting in this really dark. Let hallway. me understand. Let me understand this now. Um, your parents got separated. Well, she wanted to leave. She wanted to leave. didn't want her to go. Mm-hmm. People didn't get divorced in the 30s. <laughs> it was a stigma. Yeah, no, so I understand. So we had her put there. And when when I remember being so little, she was just loving and laughing and played the piano and was so much was And so she much was uh, committed to the hospital because they didn't want to take care of her? No, because he didn't want her to leave. She we- wanted to get, like, divorced. Oh, so, so oh my God! Put there. He had a doctor sign her in and put her there. And when she came back, she was never the same. What a horrible story that is! My God. Yeah, she'd sit by the window and pick at her fingers until they bled. When she came back, I thought that uh, there had to be some reason before you were committed to a hospital. Uh, he just tried to prove that she was mentally ill, huh? Yeah, he pulled a few strings and got this doctor to put her there. And uh, now that I think of it, now that I'm 90, I think, oh, I feel really bad because I should be really unhappy with my father and why he did this to her. She was never the same after that. She lost her spirit, I want to say. She wasn't the happy, fun-loving mother I used to know. And your father just um, moved on? Oh, what was that? Your father just moved on with his life, and uh, that was it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he never left home, and, of course, she stayed home. She was the, mm-hmm. the housewife. and uh, But I, I think I remember hearing her talk to the neighbor, a friend of hers, and said she was put in ice baths, like with a canvas put over, so, you know, to shock her. And I, I even thought she said she had electric shocks, but... Whatever it was. Well, we're going to talk a lot about the uh, the good and the bad and the ugly at Norwich State Hospital, so that'll be coming up after 11. Yeah, I can't wait to hear, because I, I just wish I could know what happened way back then, though. It's a horrible story. It's a horrible story. I don't think that would have happened today, but thank you no, for the call. No, Things are different. They give you pills now or shots. But, uh, mm-hmm. It wasn't something that a little kid should. But you have think to it go, was ba- you, know, you think it was basically because she, you think it was basically because she wanted to get a divorce. Right. She okay. Just, <laughs> well, that's ridiculous, of course. Listen, thank you. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, All right. uh, like I said, your shows are great. You have a little bit of everything. All right. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Bye. Hi. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Stell. Good morning, sir. I probably won't get in during the next hour uh, because there's going to be a lot of calls. So well, you could you could try. Comment now on Norwich Hospital. Well, I think they would like you to comment, but uh... I think it was a terrible thing to close. Mm-hmm. It was a political vendetta by Governor John Rowland. What happened was uh, during the, one of his first terms, one of the first times he ran, 
state employees took ads out in, in newspapers, voting, uh, telling people to vote against him. And what happened was once he got in, he passed his vendetta down to the state employees and he closed Norwich Hospital and he laid off a mass, he had a massive layoff of state employees. And that's how he took care of them. Uh, and he turned out to be a very rotten individual. And, um, but well, that I hope place you, uh, I want folks to know that I hope you will call about the Norwich Hospital because we're going to get in as many calls in as we can. So, I also want to dis- uh, voice my displeasure with what's going on out in Ohio. Mm-hmm. With the EPA having people drink bottled water and stuff like that. When you have animals that are dying overnight, <clears throat> and we have the Secretary of Transportation, Buttigieg, won't even go out there to uh, take a walk around the property. I'm, I'm actually physically sick about this regime that's in, in Washington right now. Well, Buttigieg, if he goes there, I'm sure he'll have a gas mask on. From the president on down, I think that just very irresponsible. And I think uh, I think uh, the, the president is in debt to China. <laughs> All right, sir. Um, I'm sorry. That's okay. No problem. And um, I think uh, <laughs> there's a lot of hanky-panky going on. All right. That's all. Thanks for calling. All opinions are welcome on this program, even mine. 889-5252 is the uh, number. With PatriotSoftware.com, accounting and payroll, keep your time and money. Oh, 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 oh. Mike Kappel here, serial entrepreneur. Payroll doesn't seem that hard. It's just pay rate times hours worked, right? Sounds easy enough. Well, payroll is easy as long as each employee's tax withholdings are properly set up and as long as you don't shoot yourself in the foot along the way. But payroll can be punishing for business owners like me who will assemble their kids' toys without reading the instructions first. (laughs) We don't need to read instructions unless we're desperate. That's why Patriot Software offers payroll setup and support for free for businesses with up to 100 employees. Go to PatriotSoftware.com. Use promo code RADIO and get two months of payroll free. That's PatriotSoftware.com. With PatriotSoftware.com, accounting and payroll, keep your time and money. For victims of drunk and drug driving, your grief is unique, but you are not alone. You always have a place at MAD. Call the 24-hour victim helpline at 877-MAD-HELP or visit MAD.org. When it comes to insurance, we hold your hand throughout the process. Well, sort of. Riders Farmers Insurance Agency. Auto, home, life, recreational, and business. Chris and Beth bring years of experience and solid philosophy to help you choose the right coverage. Call Beth and Chris for a no-obligation quote and review of your coverage at 860-269-7779. Salem Turnpike next to Joanne Fabrics in Norwich. Riders Farmers Insurance Agency. We want to hold your hand. 10.30, Stu Breyer with your WICHAM and FM on this Wednesday. You're on the air. Welcome. Oh, good morning. Good morning, Helen. Oh, God. <laughs> Give them, well, Helen. I my voice, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Yes, about the bullying, you know. the I did have a girl. She was older than me. She was in my class and tall. And she was a former girl. Not because she was a former girl. It's because she was mean with me. She said, everybody likes you because you're pretty. I'm not pretty. 
don't say that. And uh, she was so mean. She said me. that. I'm sorry. She so said you were pretty. She was say I was pretty. So What's wrong with that? She, she bullied me. I'm not pretty. I was so you got pretty. mad at her because she said you were pretty. No. Yes, yeah, she was. She said I was pretty, but I'm not. And I don't want to hear the word pretty. I want to hear the body. The body beautiful is, is nothing to me. It's the one of the heart. That's it. Well, anyway, uh, I told my old brother, because my young brother was not born yet, and uh, my young brother said, okay, I'm going to wait for her. So she, she was walking, you know, because we didn't know bus in my town, you know, and uh, for school. And uh, my, my brother gave her something. She never bothered me again. So was that the only thing that bothered you, that she said you were pretty? And she was beating me. Beating you? She was hitting you? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. So. But if it was not, I mean, you know, I was a black girl judo after when I was 19. All right. Well, I that's different. She was abusing no. you. All right. That's. What did you say? Yeah, I thought it was just you were just mad because she said you were pretty, but she yes, was, you pretty she was jealous of you. I'm All right. pretty. All right, okay. Don't that. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, beauty is nothing for me. So she got physically with, physical with you, and that's that's. Uh, oh yes, taboo. she was, uh, knocked me in the wall, in the in the back, and in front, and yeah, with a uh, shoes, uh, wooden shoes, kicked me. Oh my God! That's horrible. I know, They're, you know. It's terrible. So uh, the one who, the, the girl who killed herself, I felt very, very sorry because I guess she was weak. But me, I didn't need to, or if I did tell my father, oh, no, I didn't want to tell my father because my father would be very angry too. Well, I'm, so, obviously she was jealous of you because you were pretty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is this? Stupid. Well, anyway, so it's it. I feel bad for the girl who killed herself. She killed herself, this girl that was... No, no, no. The, the, oh, I, the other uh, one I was talking about, right. Yes, yeah. because... Uh, it's a horrible story. I don't like to bring people down, I but I just want people to be aware of oh, uh, yes, I don't bullying. Care what color is your skin or what nationality or religion? We all bleed the same. We all we should be nice to each other. Oh, my God, it's terrible. Well, there Why should be uh, one strike and you're out in school. If you see somebody bu- being bullied or abused... Oh, yes. No I tolerance. One time I say, uh, uh, somebody in the bank, it tried, in France, tried to, because it was a different nationality, this person. And I say, what is it, ma'am? I say to the French lady in the bank, something wrong? No, no, oh, yes, with her. Yes, because it was a stranger. So I say, I'm, I stay here, ma'am. I told her, I told the man, I'm, I stay here. I'm going to see what you do. <laughs> yeah? All no, right. I don't well, know somebody uh, do that. I can my see father was born in Italy. They used to call him Macaroni. <laughs> well, I'm glad you had a lot of support growing up, so they wouldn't stand for that. So, yeah, uh, if I see somebody get hurt or insulted, I put my feet, even if I, you know, when my knee is fine, I'm going to be, you know, up around, I'm going to be fine. When you get I your defend, knees uh, fixed? The person. No, nobody should be mean to each other. All mm-hmm. right. I agree with you, Helen. Thank you. All right, honey. Bye. Bye. Bullies, bullies, bullies. Should never be tolerated 
and there should be stiff sentences if you abuse somebody as this girl was abused physically and those morons were actually videotaping it with glee. Hello, welcome to the program. You're on the air. Hi. Hi, how are you? Okay. That story about the girl being beaten with water bottles and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, it, I don't know why schools don't have monitors in the halls to stop some of this. Well, they um, have it. I guess, I don't know. I don't know in this particular case. Uh, the the uh, I have so many words for them, but the uh, guys beating her up were, uh, were videotaping it. Well, of course, because they have to put it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know, to, whatever. Um, we need to ban, ban these kids from being on, on any of those platforms. Um, I have I want to say one thing Larry said. He said if this guy had been con- convicted of a felony, he would not have been able to have a gun. Correct. And that's not true, because mm. there are many illegal guns out there. Oh, of course there are. Um, absolutely. Yeah. But it would make it right. a little harder for him, that's all. Mm. Right. But um, obviously, had he been convicted and been in prison, then he wouldn't have killed them. So. And as far, what I'd heard, too, is this, <clears throat> um, he, he, yeah, went into mental illness when his um, mother died. Mm-hmm. And then his father, his father knew he was mentally ill, tried to talk him into giving up the gun. And what I want to say to all of the parents, siblings, whatever, if there's somebody that you're afraid is going to hurt themselves or others, report it report it, because that might have saved them also. Yeah, but we've got a lot of lives saved. If if people took action with some of these things, there'd be a lot of lives saved. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speaking of taking action, Yes? Buttigieg is an incompetent boob who should gladly resign from his position because he's doing nothing to help the situations we had. We've had um, planes, that weren't, you know, people weren't able to get home for Christmas. Um, we've had, tra- you know, train things. And in in this town in Ohio, instead of talking about that, he was talking about the equity of people who were doing the construction on some of the projects. Give me a break. Yes, it's important that that everyone be treated equally. But if you bid on a project and you win, so be it. And to worry about that, the equity of, you know, the bridges are cutting off people, so we have to redo a bridge, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And these people are being poisoned in Palestine, Ohio. And he did nothing. He should have been there. The... Well, I'm sure he's afraid there. to go there and be there the, doing uh, something for these people. Mm-hmm. All right, you know, my friend. Thank you. Can, it's, it's, I mean, they keep saying the air is fine, the air is fine. How about the water? Oh, my you God. Know, stuff it, the ramifications are, could be just so horrendous. It's uh, very you know, unthinkable. And it, it, it flows into the Ohio River, which eventually flows down. Mm-hmm. You know, it just keeps flowing down south. So it's not just that town that's you know could be affected they need to do something they need to stop putting you know hiding putting their heads in the sand and they need to do something we need our president to get on he should talk about you know the balloons that 
that was shot down, the fact that a $400,000 missile missed the balloon, the one over Lake Huron mm-hmm. the first time. And right. he should talk about this situation in Ohio. All right, go to run. Thank Show you. Show that he's the leader. All right, thanks. Bye. Hello, welcome to the program. Good morning, Sue. Good morning, Joseph. What time is your guest going to be on for the state hot North State Hospital thing? I'm, I'm interested in hearing about that. 11. When I got stationed here, it was still active. I've never been there, but I've been by there. Right and after the 11 o'clock the, uh, news. Fulton there on a night crew to fill up the boxes there. That was as close as I got in that joint. Mm-hmm. What time, what time is that thing going down? 11.05, Joe. Uh, I'll be, I'll be standing. Well, I'm standing by anyhow. Listen, uh, you know, it's very... It's, I had the best Valentine's Day of my life. That sweet woman, Patty, that calls in, she said, I'll be Joey's uh, Valentine. That's right. You know, and I never even met her at the DQ, and I never, uh, I don't even know what she looks like, but I know one thing about her, Stu. She's one of your best callers, and she's really a nice lady. And you were her Valentine. She said, I'll be Joey's Valentine. That's okay. what she said yesterday on your radio station. Yep. Hey, uh, did you have plenty of chocolate last night? Because I hope you didn't, because then you wouldn't sleep well. Did I have, what did I, what did you say? I said, I didn't, I hope you didn't eat too much chocolate, because you can't eat a lot of chocolate. And it, it keeps oh, you up. yeah, <laughs> that's true, chocolate. I did have a little chocolate, and uh, I didn't sleep very well. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Well, that's all right. You're allowed to have a little chocolate now and then, Stu. Right, Anyhow, I, yeah, I don't want to keep the phones. I'm going to keep them open up. But I'm looking forward to it, and I want you to have a great day today, Stu. You too. Appreciate it, Joe. Take care. All right, brother. Hi, welcome to the program. You're on the air. Good morning, Stu. Good morning. That woman really has trouble with the language. Um, I don't. She comes on the program all the time, and she's talking about incompetent boobs and mental illness when she knows nothing about these things. Um, I've never heard her be focused. She, you know, and and if you want to do something constructive on the air, say something constructive. So how do you know she doesn't know a lot about these things? Well, I haven't heard, I don't listen to the program every single day. But, you know, she has as far as I know, she has no, no... I know people who work at Norwich Hospital, and my mother was there. My mother was very, very autistic. I was the first of five children, and I've lost three of my younger siblings uh, to different conditions. A ruptured ascending aortic aneurysm, massive heart failure at three weeks, oh and so on. Mm-hmm. Um in my opinion, anyone that talks about mental illness and hasn't been a victim of psychiatric services should not be talking about mental illness, number one. Number two, she needs to get her act together. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Certainly a lot of these people that are involved in mass shootings, their background is they've had mental illness. You're on the air. Welcome. Hello. Hello there. I kind of got off what I was going to say because of this lady speaking. Okay. I'm sure many of us have dealt with mental illness. I know personally that I have. And um, I used to go uh, to the Knowledge State Hospital to visit Mm -hmm. people now and then. And I felt 
scared to damn death. When those gates closed behind you, it was like a prison. And I often thought I, I would like the people uh, to tell me, were they that bad that they have to have those metal gates closing behind you? Well, you could call and ask our guests because they're, they're hoping to get a lot of calls because they're doing a documentary. That'll be right, right. after 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Well, my grandmother was in there, visited her, and um, I've heard, oh, so many people in Preston and surrounding towns have worked there, and mm-hmm. there's been some nightmares, but that's not the only mental place that has had nightmares. So I your grandmother, you what was the reason your grandmother was there? Um, uh, dementia type thing. Mm-hmm. Of course, dementia. these days they have more ways to uh, treat dementia in different ways, but certainly it's for the protection of the patient. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, she was born in 1845, something mm-hmm. like that, and... Um, but uh, uh, there was a three-and-a-half-year-old girl many in the early 1900s when it opened that had, uh, oh, a convulsions. What was the name of that? Oh, I forgot, Stu. But, uh, well, there's the a lot of different she, uh, diseases. Um, seizures. I, I mm-hmm. can't think of the name off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But well, uh, she was in there, and um, later on in life she got out. Good. And um, a, a person that I know married a girl from there. She also uh, uh, had issues, and the, the girl became, became quite a good wife and mother and everything, you know, she, and it was a wonderful. But I think we definitely need mental institutions and prisons, but I, I think the mental institutions would be filled up before the prisons the way it's going. You know, I'm not happy. Right, well, we're going to talk a lot about it right after the 11 All o'clock right. news. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Have you. a good day. Hello. Good morning to you. Good morning, Stu. Hi there. How are you? Good. Good to uh, hear from you. I, I just, I, I'm doing great, thank you. Mm-hmm. Back in Connecticut. Um, but I wanted to mention about, I had a sister. She was 23 years old. She had two kids. She had a three-year-old and a six-month-old. And... Back in the 70s, they didn't know about postpartum depression. And my sister was put in psychiatric hospitals. She was given Valium, Lithium, Melaril. Well, my sister one day took 89 pills and went to bed. Oh, God. And she died. And nowadays, of course, a lot of people were put in there for the wrong reason. Sometimes if they had scoliosis or they had something wrong with their neurological, a lot of people were put in these state hospitals for the wrong reasons. Like my sister, unfortunately, but I remember her saying, I'm not sick, I'm not crazy. It's not, and she, and we didn't believe her because the doc, she was going to see psychiatric doctors. She wasn't seeing, and nowadays they give women hormones and they, you know, when they have the postpartum blues, they called it, or, you know, postpartum depression. That's what she had, and we didn't know that, and unfortunately, but depression runs. I had an uncle, my dad's brother, who hung himself in the cellar. He committed suicide. And I had another sister who passed away a couple years ago, but she passed away. But she had a lot of episodes of depression. Yeah, full-blown like depression that. is a very serious problem. And you know. I had just had a friend of mine back in Springfield. He was 54 years old. Mm-hmm. He hung himself in the garage. 
committed suicide. And he just, he left a note and saying that, he, he, you know, so nowadays, you know, you want to get help, tell these people it's not as shameful to be, have depression and things like that. And I guess that's the biggest thing is, unless somebody's gone through something, I remember my sister at our house, staying at our house with the kids, because her husband was working and they lived in the same town, but she would wake up in the middle of the night saying, I'm not sick, I'm not crazy, I don't need these medications. And nobody, you know, and I was younger, she was my older sister, because there's nine of us, and I was the last, so she was a lot older. And but it, it's very, very, you know, these people, please, if you have any, go see somebody or talk to somebody, there's helplines and things, get some help, it's not shameful. A lot of people back then, it was shameful. That's why they would put them in the state hospital. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we've, we've certainly changed. We still need to treat people with emotional problems the same way we treat people with physical problems. Exactly. We've, we've got and, to do that. Right. I have sisters that have anxiety very bad, and they <clears> can't <throat> be around groups anymore. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't realize that when you grow up in a big family, and now you're, you know, my one of my sisters... Uh, she's like, I can't be around people. I can't be in a, in a, in a group like a wedding or because she, she just, her anxiety. Mm. So it has to be medicated in order to go to somebody's birthday party or to go yeah, to Yeah, that's OCD and it's very difficult. Yeah, and so I just wanted to say is, is if there's people out there and you just feel there are a lot of avenues now for help, that you can go for help and, you know, go and get it. It's not shameful or anything. Um, better, you know, than having the deal when I just came back, you know, when my friend committed suicide, I was like, Lord, I had just been to the beach and Islamic it like two months before this all happened. And I'm like, this can't be. And so it's really... You never know what's going on in somebody's mind. You never know. You don't. And then today, with everything that goes on in general in today's society, it, it seems like it's occurring more and more that these people are taking their lives and Every life is worth everything. You know, these people sometimes feel like they're they're hopeless, but there's not. Well, I'm glad you I'm glad you uh, called. Uh, it's good to hear from you, and uh, I got to yep. move, but thank you. You're welcome, Sue. Have a good day. You too. Let's get this call before the break. You're on the air. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm calling about that lady that called criticizing another one of your callers. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does she know that the um, caller does not have any connection to anybody who... Well, she doesn't. I couldn't figure out that call at all. I no, know. I she seems so self-righteous. Mm. Okay, I just wanted to... All right, thank you so much for calling. As you know, all opinions are welcome. We're going to have part two of the greatest love songs ever <laughs> from noon to one today. Part two will be coming up after the uh, new news. If you're ready to get out, have some fun, and jazz up in and around your home, the Home and Garden Show, presented by Xfinity, Generac, and L-Train Electric, is the ticket. Over 250 companies with everything from hourly gardening seminars to a tiny house. Friday, February 17th through Sunday the 19th in the Earth Expo Center of Mohegan Sun. Sponsored by Gano's Power Equipment, News 8, the Norwich Chamber, Integrity Roof, GAF, and Renewal by Anderson. More at JenksProductions.com. 
You're in possession of a grandfather clock that was handed down through your family over the years. It hasn't cuckooed or ding-donged in years. It hasn't chimed or tick-tocked. So, as I see it, there are two options. You can fix it or you can sell it. Either way, you'll want a real clock guy. And Phil is your man. Phil's Clocks and Repair in Jewett City can get that heirloom of yours up and running. And if you're looking for some extra dough, he might just take it off your hands. For clock repairs and sales of almost any kind imaginable, visit Phil's Clocks and Repair on Main Street in Jewett City. It's always worth the time. And we have the time. It's uh, nine minutes before 11. Remember that song? If you've got the money, honey, I've got the time. (laughs) I'll play that sometime. Well, anyway, uh, so we had some uh, marvelous love songs yesterday, some of the greatest love songs ever recorded, and we're going to continue that today on our lunchtime oldies. So uh, we're looking forward to that. We talked a little bit about bullying. I definitely wanted to get that in today because uh, they have bully busters in town and there's no uh, second chances with bullies unless they get emotional help. No one should be afraid to go to school. But You know what's been a really terrible menace is uh, when they put things online about other students or other people. A lot of it is made-up junk just to get them in more trouble. That thing has really increased bullying. Facebook and all of those. Uh, you're on the air. Welcome. Hi. Hey, Stu. Hey there. Um, did we have any luck with finding a place to call up to get someone to come to your home Clothing. No, a lot of people have said there's a lot of places around where you could do that. Um, but as far as um, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, I didn't get a definitive uh, number for them. But I think Sue might have had something, though. That, that, cause <clears throat> that, that one did ring a bell. I think she called it Heart Spring. Yeah, that's true. And, that one, and that's the one you said, no, I don't want that number. <laughs> I said that, well, I never heard of them, and... Uh, I did. I didn't know if they were legit or not, so... I believe they are. I think there was a number left for them, though. Could be wrong. I don't know, because you had said, no, you didn't want the phone number, and I'm yelling in the... You I'm yelling yell- at the, the radio. You should have yelled oh, louder. Get the phone. You should have yelled louder. I thought I thought they said that they were out. They were in Massachusetts. Yeah, but they sometimes are out of state. That's why they come statewide a couple times a year. Oh, you see. Okay. That's what, because I, I believe there is also another place in Rhode Island. Well, I beg your pardon. I blew that one. Well, that's okay. <laughs> mm. But if they call again, I will definitely yeah, take yeah. that number down. Yeah, because t- yeah, I don't know if it's H-E-A-R-T Springs or H-A-R-T Springs, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it would be like .org or .whatever. Uh, because, of course, I don't do computers, so I would get my girlfriend to do it. So you have an accumulation of stuff that... No, you... she does. She does. It was for your friend. Okay. Yes. yes. And, she, I mean, she's got quality clothing, not crap. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's even better. And suits. Yeah. You know, her husband's... Mm-hmm. Her deceased husband's suits and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's, you know, it, we wanted to go to someplace that it will be made 
good use of. Yeah, that's that's true because you know you want to make sure that somebody's not going to try to make a living off that stuff, and it goes directly to help people in need. Yeah, or you know people that want to get a new job but they just don't have the right outfit. Oh, mm-hmm. that's right. Everybody wears flannel shirts and sweats to their job interviews now. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. So uh, if I get any calls on that, I'll write it down in big numbers. Okay. And uh, we'll, hopefully we can help her out. But Tattoo she has a lot. Tattoo it onto your arm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I used to do that when I wanted to remember things. I know. I, I have done that occasionally because yeah, no, no. you always put it in <clears throat> your, your, uh, your desk upstairs. Yes. And then when you're on the air, you can't go running up there. To get the number. So I'll write it all on my arm, and then uh, it'll be like my own tattoo. And your wife will be saying, um, Stuart, what is this odd number on your arm? Actually, I used to write stuff on my arm. I don't know. (laughs) Lately, I just kind of lost the uh, interest in doing that. Well, use a waterproof marker. Yeah. Uh, It it takes forever to get off. (laughs) I know, I... (laughs) That's true. Nail polish remover is the only thing that does it. Did you ever put a pen in your pocket and it, and it leaks? Oh, men do that. Oh, they I do. That oh. All, and my husband at EB, he used to eat. We could never figure out why he had, you know, they, they wore the, the khaki outfit. Yeah. And he would, I'd be doing the laundry, and there would always be this one oily-looking pocket. And I'm thinking, what the heck is with the oily-looking pocket all the time? Turns out, when he would take his break and eat his lunch, and his, you know, those little snack bags of potato chips, mm-hmm. the potato chips would fall into the pocket. Really? <laughs> the crumbs. <laughs> yeah, and my father used to come home with yeah. the pen marks from his... I'll tell you what, you know, and then they... they the, the pen leaks, it kind of yeah. ruins the pants, and it gets on your thighs, and it's disgusting. And this is, but this is your good, your good suit, too, and your yeah. good white shirt. Of course, yeah. That's when people use <clears throat> cleaners. Well, I got another call on it. All righty. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Getting close to the wire here with Stu Breyer, and we can squeeze in another call if you like. Do you enjoy helping people? Want to make a difference in your community and the lives of your neighbors? Then TVCCA may have the perfect opportunity for you. We're hiring agency-wide with a specific need for all levels of our child care programs located in several different areas of New London County. TVCCA offers a generous benefit package with opportunity for growth. Please check out our TVCCA careers page at tvcca.org. As openings are updated daily, TVCCA is an equal opportunity employer. Well, my friends, my friends and neighbors, we just have a couple of minutes left on this portion of our program. Uh, Dolly the Sheep was cloned. First cloned mammal. And was euthanized because of incurable lung cancer. Dolly the Sheep. Do you remember that? W-I-C-H, hi. Hey, Stu. Hi. Hey, open topic? Yep, go ahead, shoot. Yeah, um... And I was thinking about furniture and stuff. The way we kind of came up in the name it name of furniture in the old days, like the captain's chair. And why is that the only chair of dinner chairs that have um, the you know the handles or the armrests? The other ones don't get them. Well, I guess there's not a lot of captains around. I don't know why they changed it. Yeah, I don't know I, why they use that word though. Um, you know, captain's chair. 
as with a lot of other things, they're just decorative nowadays, but they have the um, the name that roots way back in history to a more functional thing. Sounds, you know, sounds like a fancy chair and a nice chair. The captain's chair should be a little bit bigger than other chairs. Because yeah, it's the captain. The only reason why, maybe when the captain is steering the boat and it's rocking with the, I guess they call it, they get sea legs, mm-hmm. it helps him not fall out of the chair, the arms. Oh, because he has sea legs. Well, I never thought about that. Yeah, yeah, I know a guy in the Coast Guard, and he explained what sea legs was. He went over to, uh, I guess in uh, World War II, he went over to Scotland first, mm-hmm. and he said all the guy, most all the guys are sick, and the place was covered with you-know-what. Yes. But anyway, um, he was talking about when you don't have your sea legs, yet you get sick. Well, thank you. i got to run. Thank you. Okay. Okay, we have guests coming up, as we've been telling you for a week, uh, from all about the Norwich State Hospital. They're going to be doing a documentary, and we hope that you'll call up and ask some questions about the Norwich State Hospital. And I'll be asking questions as too. So we'll have uh, Christine right after the news on Personality Radio, WICHAM 1310, 94.5 FM, W233DB. Here's the news. Their lives thrown into disarray by the derailment of a trainload of toxic chemicals. Residents of East Palestine, Ohio, will be attending a town hall meeting this evening looking for answers to their concerns about the air and water. The impact of yesterday's deadly crash of a tanker truck in Arizona still being felt. Hazardous material leaked onto an interstate outside Tucson, shutting down part of the highway and forcing evacuation. The Arizona Department of Public Safety says a shelter-in-place order has been reinstated for a one-mile parameter around the incident on I-10 southeast of downtown Tucson, where they anticipate extensive closures. Residents are being advised to turn off heaters and air conditioning systems that bring in outside air. The tractor truck was leaking liquid nitric acid, and officials say while crews were attempting to remove the hazardous load, gassing occurred. Officials say the driver was killed in a rollover following a collision. I'm Julie Walker. A sentencing hearing now underway in Buffalo, New York, for the man who fatally shot 10 people in a racially motivated attack at a supermarket last May. The hearing suspended briefly when a relative of one of the victims lunged at Peyton Gendron in the courtroom. The hearing has since resumed. Closed-door briefing for senators on the recent shootdown of unidentified flying objects, raising many questions. Republican Tom Cotton is slamming the Biden administration for its handling of the matter. On the one hand, the administration is saying, we don't yet know what these last three objects are, and we don't want to characterize until we recover them. But on the other hand, it wasn't a threat. Both of those things can't be true. So that's why it's urgent that President Biden resolve these contradictions. Retail sales jumped 3% last month, according to the government. And watching Wall Street, the Dow is down 156. More on these stories at townhall.com. We're entering a time of increasing hostility against people of faith. A time when Christians are going to be tested on a moral and physical and financial basis, unlike any other time in our lifetime. I'm Lance Wallnow, Christian author, evangelical leader, here to remind you that you have to take action to protect and steward what God has given you. For example, record high inflation is going to continue to eat away at the dollar, and the savings of your retirement account is in danger. Fortunately, God does provide a way. To protect your retirement, I recommend diversifying your 401k or IRA out of paper and into physical gold. 
And the best way to do that is with a gold IRA from Birch Gold Group. Now, to see how it works, just text the word FAITH to 989898. That'll give you access to a free info kit on gold IRAs. There are no strings attached, so text FAITH, F-A-I-T-H, to 989898 right now, and I pray your family is blessed with peace of mind because you took action. One of the 12 boys rescued from a Thai cave in 2018 has died in the UK. There was great excitement last year among the 12 boys rescued from the cave when Domprom Tape announced he'd been given a scholarship to join a football academy in Britain. Today, my dream has come true, he wrote. Now people from his hometown have told us that the 17-year-old boy died in hospital in Britain after being found unconscious in his dormitory on Sunday. No other details have been given. Dom's emaciated but grinning face caught in a diver's light once the boys had been discovered nine days after getting trapped in the cave was one of the most memorable images from that remarkable rescue. The BBC's Jonathan Head. China voicing support for Sri Lanka, head of a meeting of government lenders to impoverished countries, but China not saying if it might help out cut the multi-billion dollar debt. News and analysis at townhall.com. Time is running out for a last-ditch attempt to keep California's last remaining nuclear plant going. A state analysis predicts it will take federal regulators until late 2026 to act on an application to extend the operating run of the Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant. However, the plant is scheduled to shut down permanently by mid-2025. Operator Pacific Gas and Electric is asking the Nuclear Regulatory Commission for an unusual exemption that would allow the decades-old reactors to continue running while the NRC reviews an application to extend its license for as much as two decades. The ruling expected next month. John Scott report. Fans are lining up to celebrate the Kansas City Chiefs' second Super Bowl championship in two years. Revelers bundling up against a chilly wind. They line the streets in front of Union Station. That's where a victory rally is to be held today. More on these stories at townhall.com. And Southern Rhode Island, the Stu Breyer Potpourri Talk Show on 1310 WICH. Now, here's Stu Breyer. Morning, everybody. I've been looking forward to this hour because we have a couple of guests who are going to be working on a terrific documentary about the Norwich State Hospital. Steve DiPolito, he's a filmmaker, and he's done some, some work on that subject. Christine Phillips, who's written some books about the Norwich State Hospital. So we welcome you, too, for the program. Is uh, We can certainly get right into it now because we have a lot to talk about. morning, Steve. Good morning. Good morning. Have and good morning, uh, Christine. Uh, good morning. Time. Uh, yeah. A little bit about the project. Um, this project was really born out of uh, a lot of frustration, anger over... Um, the, the way the legacy of the hospital has been tarnished over the years, uh, the way the historical significance of the property has been, you know, totally ignored. Uh, um, I, I've been working on trying over the last year, trying to get a memorial project started with uh, the help of uh, some former employee, some uh, former patient too, and. Uh, you know, uh, some other very prominent people in the community, but uh, all efforts were just totally ignored. And uh, um, Christine has been working on that for 
much longer than I have. Uh, why, why don't you talk about... Christine, you've got some books on the subject, so obviously you've done a lot of research. I've invested over a decade into studying the history of the Norwich State Hospital and finding out what I can, um, because when I began my research over 10 years ago, there was very little information out there, um, and what was on the internet was grossly inaccurate and mostly loaded with ghost stories and false stories of hauntings. And um, I actually brought a copy of my book with me today, Images of America, Norwich State Hospital, that is not, I would say, a complete history of the hospital, but... uh, pretty good for well, 10, 10 years of research, but I, I still feel like I'm, I'm and we are not done. So it turned into a place for ghost hunters instead of really getting the facts about what really transpired at the hospital. Oh, yes. Absolutely. And uh, that a uh, good place for me to start with. Uh, mm-hmm. When I, uh, I had been contemplating this project really for about three or four years, but with the COVID and other things going on in my life. Really couldn't look at it until about a year ago. And uh, So before you get to that, yeah. what we're going to do, you're going to do, uh, hopefully by the end of the year, you're going to have this documentary, which be more oh like... Um, that's the timeline I'm giving myself. A docu-movie type thing? Yeah. Uh, do- yeah. Uh, matter of fact, when <coughs> we spoke earlier, I mentioned uh, the documentary uh, maker, Michael Moore. His advice to people making documentaries is you're not making a documentary, you're making a movie. And uh, this isn't going to be like your Ken Burns type of documentary. It'll be something something different, a little creative, hopefully. But, um, you know, there, there's a message that we're going to try to get across. And I'll get into that a little later, the, uh, the lipstick on a pig uh, mm-hmm. uh, thing. So you got our attention with that, certainly. Yeah, I'll get your attention with this, too. I like to talk about pornography. Mm-hmm. Well, it's about time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, um, the research part of this project really started in earnest uh, at the end of the, uh, the summer when uh, we really had to give up on a... a memorial type of project uh, there's just no interest uh, by people in Norwich or Preston or anywhere um, uh, so um, I started uh, researching uh, this project and uh, I came across a book uh, it's called Nightmare Factories the Asylums, the Asylum in the American Imagination and written by uh, a Dr. Troy Rondinone from uh, Southern Connecticut, and uh, he's a frequent contributor to psychology today uh, on the issue of uh, hospitals, uh, psychiatric hospitals, history. Uh, We had a fascinating uh, uh, interview, and uh, the pornography part is his own uh, term. uh, What he uh, refers to is the ruin pornography industry. And uh, what that is is where Sometimes they're old prisons, but mostly old uh, asylums. Psychiatric hospitals have been closed down or falling apart. Uh, they become um, tourist attractions for ghost hunters, and uh, um, it really, um, you know, it's uh, ignoring the whole history of what the, the hospital is mm-hmm. all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes a lot of other forms, too. And uh, <laughs> the one I'd like to talk about really briefly is... Uh, the um, 
ghost hunter type shows that have been <coughs> on the air for a good uh, 10 years or it's so. It's Keith Urban on Eastern Connecticut's Country. Oops, sorry, we got a little interference there oh, okay. on something. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, um... Uh, where was... Excuse me, we've got a little uh, technical problem, but I think we have it corrected now, so go right ahead. Okay, yeah, we were talking about uh, Troy's uh, ruined pornography industry, and uh, uh, last uh, April, because I had uh, made a few films on North Hospital, I was uh, contacted by the, producer of the producers of a show called Destination Fear, and... Uh, they actually wanted, uh, the, I have the letter right here, they uh, they wanted to know if I could uh, come on the show to shoot an episode and hoping that I could speak about uh, my time working there in the 1980s and 1990s. And um, a major part of this series is to tell the audience the true history of the property from first-hand accounts as opposed to uncorroborated facts from the internet. Uh, so that was basically the letter I got from Kerry Miles, who's the senior producer of Destination Fear. Well, um, I knew she was lying to me. <laughs> and uh, I have yeah, a true facts. I have Keywords, a, true facts. I have, a, I have a perspective on that. If somebody I knew and somebody I cared about lied to me and I didn't know it, and then I found out later I was lied to, I'd probably be pretty hurt. But uh, when a stranger lies to you, mm -hmm. and uh, you know they're lying, but you go along with the lie to see how audacious the lie was. Well, the lie was pretty audacious. Um, the episode was shown Friday the 13th last month, mm -hmm. uh, January 13th. That's a sign it's going to be, you know what it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And um, the only things they used from my interview was... Uh, I talked about a report to the state legislature back in the 1920s that the hospital stunk to high heaven. Uh, I said some sentence about uh, sterilizations, and then they went off with, uh, um, well, why don't, you why don't you take this up, Christine? I'll let you... Uh, yeah, Christine. This, when really, this really upset both of us. This really got me very angry. Um, they advertised and put... Uh, it was in one of their posts on their Facebook page and I uh, they said so in the show and other people affiliated with them also continued to repeat these inaccurate so-called facts um, you know on the internet and I believe uh, on TV also that it uh, Norwich State Hospital was responsible for 559 forced sterilizations in, in of its patients in the Lippitt building. In the Lippitt building. The building. Uh -huh. yeah. Yes, it's true that the Lippitt building was um, what the first uh, psychotherapy slash you know surgical building of its kind, you know, erected on the uh, property of a state hospital. But um, the building was not erected simply just to perform sterilizations or lobotomies or to do these so-called cruel things to people. Um, you know, the building also was for legitimate medical purposes, such as dentistry, x-ray imaging, you name it, it was taken care of in that building because Norwich Hospital wanted to, upon admission, you know, patients were first checked out medically to make sure that whatever was ailing them was not a medical cause and that it indeed was psychiatric, so they knew how to expedite the patients from there. But getting back to 
excuse me, the 559 forced sterilizations. As a historian, that caught my attention and that made me say, okay, where did you get this information? I want to know. I'm going to start doing some digging. So I did some digging and I found that as of 1965, only 557 sterilizations were performed on patients in the uh, state of Connecticut and not all of them were at Norwich State Hospital. In the periods of 1909 to 1921, 27 were performed. Now this is not solely at Norwich Hospital up until, um, let me see what year did I mark it down here, up until 1930s, 1940s, sterilizations were taking place both at Norwich State Hospital and Connecticut Hospital for the Insane, which is now Connecticut Valley Hospital. So you have a, you know, between 1909 to 1921, 27 were done. Between 1921, 1930, 73 me, were performed. In my research of what I found, as of 1925, the policies on sterilizations in the state of Connecticut indicated that Norwich State Hospital was no longer partaking in this procedure. I also found that out of this cumulative 557, um, Concrete Record has 27 sterilizations. Whether or not it was performed um, forcibly, you know, that I have not uncovered yet, but 27 took place at Norwich State Hospital. Six took place at Connecticut State Hospital for the Insane, and that reasoning was based on the superintendent's feelings that he did not feel that, from a psychiatric standpoint, doing this would help somebody get better and leave the hospital and return to normal life. So when you, we talk about the hospital, a lot of people will get into the ghosts and they'll get into, well, this happened uh, many years ago, and uh, they're leaving a lot of stuff out, which is what you're uh, here to prove. Uh, right. What I found kind of strange, and this was, this was a little twist for me, um, probably because I don't really think about it that often, um, that Southbury Training School does exist here in Connecticut. I found that 60 of these operations were done there between a period of 1946 and 1965, and uh, historically, very few took place at Mansfield Training Center. Mm -hmm. I don't think Destination Fear also either considered that the sterilization laws applied to prisons including the state mental hospitals and the training schools. So how many were done at the prisons? One of the issues here is they really are not doing proper research. And, no, they're uh, not. They, it's like they found some number on some website, latched onto right. it, and ran and, with it. Uh, and the subject of uh, you know, Norwich State Hospital and other uh, you know, psychiatric hospitals from the 20th century, you, you try to research it and well, you're going uh, to get a lot of ghosts haunted, mm -hmm. uh, reputed... We have a caller for you. Hi, WICH. Oh, hi. Um, yes, I was just wondering, only first name given would be Annalisa. Do you remember her as a nurse there? She was a very nice lady and our neighbor. Annalise. Thank you. Mm, no. No, I don't. I can't say I do. Hi, WICH. Welcome. Hi. Um, I was a nurse at Manchester Memorial in the mid-60s, and... When we had a psychiatric patient, 
general hospitals weren't set up for that. We would send them to Norwich. And uh, they were, it was a good, safe place for them. Um, and we had a lot of interns who went to uh, finish their uh, studies and residencies at Norwich State Hospital. And it was considered a good hospital. So I just thought I would tell you. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for the call. We do appreciate it. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, Steve and uh, Christine, are you going to be looking for people to come forward to help you with this documentary who work there and oh, get a lot if, of... Uh, well, after, after this... Uh, this phase of the production after uh, so far I've uh, like I've mentioned interviewed uh, Dr. Rondinone and uh, also interviewed Wally Lamb uh, and I'm going to um, take a few weeks off and think of where I'm going next with it uh, I, I may very well um, because I mean the story I want to tell let me I might as well cut to this right now um, the lipstick on a pig uh, joke that we've had. Uh, this is this is actually what we're calling the project, uh, Lipstick on a Pig, uh, Rethinking the Legacy of North State Hospital. And <laughs> the way this came about, uh, last May, the uh, New London Day did a very nice uh, interview with Christine about North Hospital and her uh, works. Um, and uh, I, I read the article, and there's comments, of course, to the article, and somebody made a very disparaging remark about the legacy of North Hospital, so I felt a need to uh, uh, write my own comment and defend the hospital. And then the next commenter says, Steve, you can't put a dress on that pig. And I said, well, okay, I, I can put lipstick on the pig. And, uh, <laughs> uh, for, for starters. The reason I like that, but it's, uh, it's appropriate because in a lot of ways, North State Hospital was a pig. Uh, the old 20th century uh, psychiatric hospital was full of problems. Uh, uh, I, I can get into briefly, but there was a, a lot of uh, good things that happened. And North State Hospital was actually world famous. Uh, the recreation program that started in the 1950s, and Christine may be able to talk about that a little bit, you know, uh, about uh, the Russell Building, but uh, it was world famous. Uh, there was a movie circulated. Uh, called uh, Mensa Santa, Corpus Santa, which is uh, healthy mind, healthy body, or vice versa. I keep messing that up, but Dr. Vandervelde told me about that. And that, that movie was uh, the exercise program in Norwich, and it circulated around the world. It was really a, a good teaching hospital, a uh, research hospital. Um, it's, uh, let, me, uh, let me take another call. We're going to have okay. to take a break soon. And uh, okay. WICHI, what's your question? Hi, can you hear me? Y yes, can you hear okay? okay. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I'm having trouble hearing you, but um, I um, uh, was at at one time, at one point, um, have had um, a, some kind of some type of relationship with uh, with the uh, Norwich Hospital. I've had people that are work there, I've no people that are work there, I worked there about for about six weeks only only myself. I had um my mom was a patient at one time and also she had a friend um who well he used to clean a lab where they kept 
chimpanzee. And I've been down there, and I saw it. And I was wondering why they would have chimpanzees. That would be the Ribicoff there, building. Oh, yeah, yes. well, let's, get a, let's get an answer for you. Thank yeah, you for bringing were, that up. Yeah, they were part of research. I can't tell you mm-hmm. exactly how they were used, but I do know that the former superintendent, uh, Dr. Martin, would mm-hmm. uh, go around the whole uh, grounds in the uh, hospital with the monkey. It's an interesting the, footnote. <laughs> I, that was a little before my time, but yeah, yeah. he would, he would have... Yeah. little monkey business. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, take this call, and then I have to take a break. Hi, WICH. Your question from my guests. Hello? Hello. You're on. Go oh, ahead. Hi. I have a, I have a question. Uh, hi, Steve, because hi. I work with him in two places, actually. Um, but I worked in the uh, Russell Building. I was in Human Resources. Oh, and we, um, I worked there from 1992 to 1996. Okay. And I was instrumental um, when it was closing to go down in the basement and compile a lot of the files from the file cabinets. And there were rows of them. We boxed them up. And I, I heard that they were left behind. Some and of that was. found the boxes. I think those were the boxes. Yeah, do you know some of that was left behind. It was in the yeah. basement of the main Christine kitchen building. Some of it was left behind. Some of it was, mm-hmm. yes. And I I was able to recover some of it. Very Thanks little. It. Thanks for bringing that up. Interesting <laughs> stories of the uh, Norwich State Hospital. Now, we're going to take a short break. We'd like you to call in if you'd like. <clears throat> Before we, we depart, you know, back in the early days, and I'm not defending some of the things that were done to patients, but... We really were doing research. We really didn't know. No, we didn't. You know, lobotomies and this and that. Um, so, obviously, we've come a long way since then. Yeah. But yeah now we know what's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> now we do. Yeah. It was a science at the time. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the years you work, Steve, uh, things certainly were a lot different. Oh, uh, you know, I started in 1981. And, uh, okay, so 40 years ago, it's 1983. At that time, I was in the float pool, and I was working every unit in the hospital. And uh, I was thinking about this the other day, how the admission unit in 40 years ago, the treatment really wasn't much different than an admission unit today at Bacchus Hospital or, or, mm-hmm. or uh, L&M or Elmcrest Hospital or... Or, you know, whatever hospital you want. Um, uh, you know, admission units are are, are, um, are tough places to be when people are in, uh, you know, acute stage of their illness. And uh, oftentimes they're combative. And uh, that's a tough place to be if you're, uh-huh. uh, str- if you're there struggling with depression or <coughs> you're... Uh, of course, of course. It, 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 and that really hasn't changed, uh, you know. So, uh, and the medications are the same. I'm going to take a break. We'll sure. be back with our guests and a lot to talk about. And you're, you're welcome to call in with your point of view and your questions about the Norwich State Hospital. I know many folks that listen to this program work there for a while. We'll be right back. The Breeze Line Winter Cinema Series is underway at The Guard in New London. Their state-of-the-art digital projection system creates the best movie viewing in the region. The Whale, The Woman King, Women Talking, and more critically acclaimed, Oscar-nominated, and Golden Globe-winning movies. A limited number of season passes are available for only $65. Go to guardarts.org for more information and the movie lineup. Sponsored in part by the Secor Auto Group, Hall Communications, and Blueprints Unlimited. The Breeze Line Winter Cinema Series going on now at The Guard in New London. 
Blast through winter storms with a Husqvarna snowthrower from K&H Equipment at Plainfield. Husqvarna snowthrowers are built to withstand the demands of harsh New England winters. With power and durability, innovative features, smart start, and Husqvarna 10-year limited warranty for years of trouble-free snow removal. K&H is open every day, but when a storm hits, call K&H for their extended hours. They'll quickly repair your equipment and get you back to work. K&H Equipment in Plainfield is your storm center headquarters to buy, rent, and repair. Hi, this is Nick Kaplinson with a message about community banking. If you're a business owner, have you considered banking locally? By doing so, you'll get the benefits of working with lenders who understand your market because they live and work in the same community you do. And because of this, decision-making can be done quickly and efficiently, making it easier for your business to get to work. By working together, communities can thrive. We're glad to do our part. Dime Bank Community Banking lives here. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Questions about youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit organization, develops better athletes and better people through youth and high school sports. Info at positivecoach.org. The Home and Garden Show, presented by Xfinity Generac and L-Train Electric, is the biggest home show in all of New England, with over 250 companies. Even some TV personalities stopping by. Russell Holmes from HGTV's Renovation is Impossible, Saturday from 11 till 2. And on Sunday, News 8's Joe Fury. Friday, February 17th through Sunday the 19th, in the Earth Expo Center of Mohegan Sun. Sponsored by Gallows Power Equipment, News 8, the Norwich Chamber, Integrity Group, at GAF, and Renewal by Anderson. More at JenksProductions.com. Okay, we're going to get back to our guests. We have a couple of uh, callers waiting online, but let me tell you, in case you just tuned in, Steve DiPolito, filmmaker, former Norwich Hospital employee, producer of Brewster's Neck, Memories of the Norwich State Hospital, and Last Day at Norwich State Hospital. Christine Phillips, got some uh, marvelous material on it, author and researcher, wrote Less Patients, More Patients, a history of the Norwich State Hospital, and images of America, Norwich State Hospital. They're, these books are really in-depth, and uh, you'll really enjoy reading them. And, of course, we have Steve and Christine to talk about because they're going to come up with a documentary, hopefully by the end of the year, with lots of information about the Norwich State Hospital, many things you may not be aware of. Let's take these calls. Welcome to the program. Uh, yes, good morning. Uh, my question is... Uh the Norwich Hospital had tunnels on their premises, and that's how they used to transfer patients from building to building. Are you talking about that in your documentary, about the tunnels? Uh, the tunnels have already been pretty much covered in uh, the, uh, the hundreds of uh, 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 films made on, uh, on YouTube, and, uh, and also my two previous uh, films, I, I covered the tunnels extensively. Uh, there's no need to cover the tunnels in this. This is more, uh, more looking at the legacy of Norwich Hospital. What, are, what do people think about the hospital? Uh, what's real? What's not real? Trying to separate fact from fiction. Mm, some uh, people have tunnel vision about it. Yeah. <laughs> Want to put that mic a little closer to you, Steve? Oh, okay. Thank you, buddy. I'm going to take another call. Uh, Hi, WICH. Welcome. Hi. How are you? Good. What's your thoughts yeah, with our I, guests? Yeah, yeah, my grandfather died in 1958. He suffered from dementia. He was at the hospital. Um, and then my mother worked in the canteen. I did not have an uncle that worked as aides and an uncle that was a business manager. And I worked for the billing department that was located at Norwich Hospital, which is where I met my husband. We had to go into the wards 
Um, and just for the woman that talked last hour about, you know, the locked doors and everything and how scary it was, I worked also at Fairfield Hills, and I remember one day being on the ward. It took four guys, four aides, to bring this person down so they could give him a shot to come. So um, it was necessary to have the locked wards. I never felt afraid. Um, I mean, I I wasn't close to that guy, thank God, but um, mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't afraid. It was you know it it was like a family. I know a group of people that work there. They get together. They're like a family. Um, and I know that's how my uncle. I definitely know that's how my uncle felt. Really, really, really thankful that he was able to work there and um, do what he has to do. All right, thank you very much. Appreciate the call. Thank you. A lot of background there. Hi, welcome. You're on the air. Yes, hello. Um, I remember from the 70s hearing police reports every time one of the people might have escaped, and I understand that the criminally insane were put there, and one of... Um, my mother's nephews and his wife worked there, and she was beaten up. And they had to grab, you know, a bunch of people had to come in and grab the person beating her up. She was a worker. Mm-hmm. And so I'm under the understanding that was for the criminally insane, from what my mother was telling me, but I don't know. Well, it's but, not an easy job, I'm sure, in certain yes, situations, but thank you for yeah, calling. There were... There were um there were uh, people that were uh, not <laughs> guilty by reason of insanity for a mm-hmm. time until uh, the facilities were built at Whiting Forensic. Uh, 1970s. Yeah. yeah. So, Christine, where do they? Where do these people go today? They go to nursing homes, or where? You know, it seems like there's such a there's shortage. Nursing homes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, shelters, I've heard that. Uh, yes. The last two years <laughs> I worked was uh, mobile. Uh, I mean, um, homeless outreach for uh, Southeast Mental Health and. You know, I had uh, some homeless people that were former Norwich Hospital people. There, there's a few out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hi, welcome to the program. Yeah, here's a cute little story about the Norwich Hospital that it always circulated around Norwich, and I think it was in the paper one time. There was a gentleman driving to an electric boat one morning, and he had a flat tire. He stopped in front of the hospital to change his tire. Well, wouldn't you know it, he stopped right over the top of a catch basin, and he dropped one of the lug nuts from the tire in the basin. And there was a patient walking down the sidewalk, and he says, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I dropped the lug nut. And the guy looked at him and says, just put every other one on. And then as he said, that's a good idea. And the guy said back to him, he says, yeah, and I'm the patient. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do you think of that one, Stu? Yeah, we got a little bit of everything here this morning. Eight eight nine five two five two. If you would like to uh, get through. So, what is your feeling when the uh, Christine and Steve, because you're so knowledgeable, the Norwich State Hospital, when they said they're going to close it? Uh, what, what was the reason of closing it? I mean, obviously, it seems more than ever today we need I'll, it. I'll take that one. You I'll take that, that one. one. <laughs> uh, the, the the thing to know about the treatment of the mentally ill. In, in America, and I don't know about other other countries, but uh, it, it um, it's about really not about so much treatment as it is about social control, and it's also about how to accomplish this the cheapest way possible. And uh, 
you know, people point to, you know, well, the institution needed to close. And, and yes, that is true. You don't need, you know, uh, units of uh, 45 people <laughs> on them and dormitories of 20 or so people, you, you know, that institutional thing. But, um, so, um, how was I going? And we had a lot of people that were on the streets here in Norwich. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you know as well as more than I do that uh, when they were under that situation, they took their pills, but then when they're not, there was a chance they wouldn't take the pills. I mean, you know, Norwich had to close, uh, but what got it going was money. Um, Yeah, money. Really started, you know, in the 1980s, I think, with Reagan and California. and uh, There were threats of closing Norwich Hospital in the early 1980s. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, I think we need more of them here on the air. Good morning. What, what's yes. your thoughts? Yes, I'd like to know where I can get death records of someone that passed away in there. You would need to contact um, the archives at the Connecticut State Library. Okay. I do not recall offhand um, how many years. I mean, I do know they have decades worth of records, um, and you will need identification. And, uh, you know, they will tell you what types of um, proof that you need to prove that this was a relative, and they will release the records to you. Okay. One more thing. What was the kettle building used for? Do you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it was... uh, There was... um, Twelve units uh, in the kettle unit. There was uh, two admission units, um, and there were geriatric units, and every uh, um, everything you could imagine in a, in a psychiatric hospital. There was one medical unit. Um, kettle was basically built to take every everything everybody yeah. from that whole colony of the older buildings and you know situate them under one roof. I'm just thinking from the 1980s. <coughs> Two geriatric units, and uh, okay. there was a female unit, a uh, few uh, pre-geriatrics. There was uh, uh, a behavior modification unit. Um, Wasn't geriatric on the third floor? Because I do remember seeing signs saying, like, geriatric action center and other things like that on the third floor no, of the no, kettle building. No, no, they were on uh, North 1-2. North 1-2, okay. I think. Wow. Uh, could you tell me, now, is there a burial ground for babies that were born there? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, the uh, the cemetery that uh, has, you know, sits out in front of the hospital property, um, that's, you know, a portion of that is known as Brewster's Neck, and that's, you know, okay. for area residents, you know, mm-hmm. you know passed away. Um, and then the other portions are the Jewish cemetery. So, Christine, uh, when you got involved with your books, did you work at the hospital? or I did not. You did not, but I you had not. this uh, big interest in... Uh, just, it... it Curiosity became a passion, mm-hmm. and um, I, I don't know how to say it from there. Just I became relentless with wanting to learn everything that I could, and understand it—not just to memorize the facts, but to really try to put myself back in that period of time and really grasp what took place. Steve, put yourself back in the time you were there. What was your average day like? What were you doing? Average day, wow, one day in the life of North Hospital. You're a little going, closer to that, Mike. You're going for morning Yeah, you meeting. keep leaning back. <laughs> That's the first thing. Uh, you're going for the morning meeting and review all the patients, and then um, 
<sighs> then start people <coughs> getting people up and ready for the day, uh, you know, depending on their level of functioning. Some people can get And then there's uh, and, the uh, patients that yeah. could not come out. Of, right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, people that were sick, you know, we brought trade. It, it was a hospital. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what it was. I mean, it's no different uh, than any psychiatric hospital that's in existence right now. I told Steve this, that I, I got my start in radio at, at the Boston State Hospital, which was similar to the Norwich Hospital because they had a closed-circuit radio station, and we used to broadcast, and some of the uh, patients used to call up and request songs. It was quite an experience, and of course I heard some horror stories with screaming from some of the wards, because I had a friend that worked there, but most of the people were just walking around, and... Uh, got to know them kind of personally and uh, it was sad but there were a lot of people that were doing okay yeah, yeah. well th- that's the thing too is after you work there for a while you realize how how you there's no really not much difference the, the patients the staff we're all we all struggle every day with uh, mm-hmm. our mental health to different degrees sure and, uh, um, there was a, a, a running joke that people used to tell at Norwich Hospital was that uh, after you've worked there, I don't know what it is, about seven years, but after you've worked there seven years, you're as crazy as the patients. <laughs> well, I thought about that, and uh, it, what it is is after a while, you realize how 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 much you all, everybody's alike. We all struggle. Yeah, no, I really, I got to know a lot of the patients there that were walking around in the lobbies and what have you, and Many of them love Joni James, the singer. I remember that very well. I used to call up. So uh, what's the next step now for your uh, documentary? Where, where do you go from here? Well, um, trying to... Looking at what I have now, like <coughs> I mentioned, uh, the interview with Dr. Ron Danone and, uh, and Wally Lamb, and uh, figure out how I can uh, accomplish the task, which is rethinking the legacy of Norwich Hospital. Um, the research part, I really looked at, well, why do people think these things? And uh, and like, like I said to Wally, uh, unless you're an expert in a certain area, um, what do you have to go by? Opinion. Uh, maybe something you read in the paper, something you hear on the radio, uh, someone's... I mean, we all know that many, many, many years ago there were things that, uh, because, that really hurt people, yeah. but we didn't know. Yeah. Well, and, and that too, yeah, and, um... Yeah, the, um that's something I would like to dig further into, like what, what we were the, talking about. The demonization? Uh, yeah, it, like what we were talking about before we came into the studio is that um, I want to dig deeper into things like the Connecticut Cooperative Lobotomy Study and really get some numbers on, you know, like metrazole, lobotomy, all these horror treatments. Because yeah. yeah, it's a personal passion to try to dispel all this... That's yeah. ghostly negativity that and, comes and, with it. I, I can't stand it. Yeah, the, the thing about it is people are, are spending way too much time looking 
at an aspect of the hospital that really was a very short period of time uh, and really affected uh, a very small number of patients. Like I always have been saying since day one of starting this is that we had to go through these errors to get where we are now. As imagine if we didn't go through that and we were doing that stuff now, what would that be like? I, I want to point out another thing about the, uh, the dreaded lobotomies. Uh, one reason why uh, it really became popular when it did and uh, because it was quick cost-efficient quick easy and very efficient and the idea was to calm people so they could be moved out of the institution into a less restrictive setting and uh, but um, People really wanted what they touted it as, as the miracle cure. cure. And because it was cheap and effective, and uh, that still happens today with a lot of things. Uh, we find it, something that's, you know, uh, the, the cure. The, uh, the, uh, People are always looking for a miracle. A miracle, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so when we hear the word lobotomy, we automatically think that there's uh, they lose all content in their minds, but am I getting the wrong impression of a lobotomy? You say that they well, can get out and feel better? Well, their, their, their affect is very blunted. They mm -hmm. become very repetitive in their speech yeah. pattern. Childlike. Uh, childlike. Um, yeah. Some very few records that I've read, um, the patients themselves and the families did credit lobotomy with improvement, but the percentage, mm -hmm. I'm going to say it's like 1%, if yeah. that much. And, you know, there was a lot of scientific research to back this at the time. Mm. Um, yeah. But sometimes research can be done too quickly. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what happened with this. And because it, you know, looked really good at first, uh, they went with it for a while. Until, and, and who noticed uh, what was happening to the patients? It was the staff that reported back to the yeah the the doctors yeah. Um, like uh, the physician that was doing the neurologist that was doing the lobotomies for Norwich State Hospital patients. His name was uh, William Beecher Scoville. Hopefully, I'm saying his last name correctly. Um, his records, he's following up with patients five to ten years later. He's not the one on the mm -hmm. wards seeing them every single day and seeing them post-op, seeing them a week later. No, he's following up so many years later. And, you know, like you said, it's it's the, the attendants, the nurses, and everybody that sees them on a daily basis. They're the ones that can attribute to success or failure. Talk to another listener. Hi, WICH. Morning. Morning. My father worked on the White Building from the 50s to the 70s. And I learned to swim in the pond down there. I well, that was you. I the bowling alley there. Almost the patients was set the pins for us. And I played basketball there against the patients. Yeah. And the, the bottom line was, the difference, how you could tell the difference between the patients and the, and the AIDS was the AIDS had the keys. That's it. <laughs> yeah, for many of them, yeah. It's interesting. There's a great interest in the Norwich State Hospital and all these related stories. Uh, I think people will be certainly looking forward to that documentary. Electric shot treatment has changed through the years. That's another thing that people talk about. Oh, yeah. Because it was uh, oh, sure. antiquated yeah. so much in the early days. Well, there was, uh, it wasn't perfected, uh, mm -hmm. and there was a lot of convulsions that went along with it. They still do. 
it now, but it's... Uh, it's totally different, I think. It's different, yeah. Christine, different. when you were doing all this uh, research on the Norwich State Hospital, were you, what was the th- one of some of the things you were most surprised in? Uh, obviously, looks like you got a terrific book there, and uh, you must have looked at every angle. Pretty much. Um, I can't really say that I really was surprised by anything. It was more... A feeling of satisfaction to have confirmation of my suspicions of the darker years of Norwich State Hospital um, and then the brighter side of like the Norwich State Hospital family when Steve was talking about that it's very true um, even today the bonds between people still exist and people still look out for each other and during the height of the pandemic Jackie John drove toilet paper up to me in Manchester yeah. because we couldn't find any, um, and I simply had just sat with her for several hours while I was writing the book, and she um, was so wonderful and beautiful in giving me photos of her father, Jimmy John, and I know a lot of people remember him, because uh, as I was writing the book, I was like, there's no way that there can be a book about Norwich State Hospital without him in it. So it's that kind of camaraderie and that kind of love and care and sense of family um, I would say, if anything, surprised me that it's still here. It is 2023, and it still exists. Yeah. You know, mentioning Jimmy John on my Get a little closer to that. Face, my, um, move that mic towards you. Oh, I'm sorry, I keep yeah, uh, scoot in there. <laughs> yeah, right there. Yeah, um, yeah. No, on my uh, YouTube page, uh, I have an interview with Jim John for from my first. Uh, I was this close and, uh, to trying to track him down, and unfortunately, he, he, he passed away before who, I could speak uh, with him. Was famous for wearing a three-piece suit as he uh, as he rode the tractor and um, mowed the lawn. And, uh, you know, people automatically think you go into to the Norwich Hospital and you stay there forever, but you must see patients with the right medication and being able to leave. And I worked uh, with a gentleman whose uncle was a patient at Norwich State Hospital. He was uh, housed in both salmon one time um, and then kettle a different. And they tried a lot of different medications with him. What his diagnosis was, I wasn't sure, but I want to say paranoid schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. Um, and they tried various medications with him. Some things worked, some things didn't. They did a lot of adjustments. It took a lot of time. And he was basically inpatient for so long while they were you know, figuring out the right combination, the right doses. And he was a success story. They got it right, and he was discharged, and he went home. And only one time when he was trying to manage his medication himself, Mm -hmm. he got the dosing wrong. And, yeah, had some episodes. Did come back to Norwich Hospital and was out in under 72 hours um, once they got everything right. And he was able to live live a very happy life. You know a lot of stories yourself because you were there for like 20 years or so? Yeah, that was one of the first stories I I heard when I began research. Just get to that mic. Look at me. (laughs) (laughs) It could be tough looking at me. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Um. Yeah, a lot of stories. I mean, where do you want me to start? I, I like to hear the, I like to hear those wonderful stories when people go home and they're, they're oh, different oh, people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll just share one. Um, uh, yeah, right. Um, yeah, that's what I'm. With. Yeah, uh, my cameraman here is reminding me of the the story, and uh, he was um, gentleman was very severely depressed and. Uh, felt that he was dying and he said I'm dying and then he 
he went into this depression where he's just saying, I'm dead. And then he was catatonic uh, for months at a time. And uh, we had to be force-fed and bathed. And, and he was given uh, electric shock therapy and given a few uh, weeks of treatment. And after about the third or fourth one, he came back. And all of a sudden, uh, about 10 o'clock in the morning, he got up from his bed and walked into the uh, nurse's station and says, I'm back in the world of the living. You know, it was uh, an amazing... What a great <laughs> feeling that must be. Yeah, yeah. It, that was a good good thing. You know, and everybody from in their life has had some little, whoops, I'm getting down too much, or this Rodney Dangerfield, one of the best comedians in the world, till he was 75, was such a depressed guy. I mean, really depressed, but I guess the comedy helped him, and they gave him, somebody gave him the right ingredients of pills, and he was never so happy in the latter portion of his life. So there's a lot that goes on in there. And, of course, we talked about this earlier. When patients are not in the hospital, then they may not take their pills, and then there's a lot of trouble. Yeah. 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 So who are you going to interview next? Uh, you got something lined up? Well, um, now I do want to talk about Wally for a minute. No, Wally Lamb. Man, Wally we love Lamb. Wally. Because yeah. I had such a wonderful discussion with him, and I was starting to lead up to this before about where do people get these ideas about the mentally ill? <coughs> and unless your experience... I mean, my own personal experience, my mom and dad worked there. Um, <coughs> and uh, mm-hmm. mom was a nurse, and... And we learned very young. Uh, I I mean, my first experience was probably about five years old going into the Lippitt building for Halloween, dressed up as whatever I was. And and I have a lot of good memories of uh, going around the hospital. And uh, uh, one thing that sticks out in my mind is uh, Mom used to work second shift in uh, the Lodge building. This was in the 1960s. And... uh, uh, one summer day, she came, uh, took one morning, she took us all, my brother, myself, my two sisters, we all went off to St. Patrick's Cathedral. She wanted all of her kids to pray for one of her patients. Now, that's the kind of thing, uh, environment I grew up in. Now, talking to Wally, his experience was a little different because he didn't have connections with the hospital. And uh, being a little older than I am, uh, in the 60s, he was a teenager living on McKinley Ave in the middle of uh, what they call the big deinstitutionalization push. A lot of patients on the street. And, you know, as a teenager, Wally would go around with his friends and wonder, well, which one is from the hospital, mm-hmm. you know? Because uh, they, you know, they walk funny, they look funny. Uh, um, it wasn't until much later for Wally that his... Uh, views drastically changed as he got older and uh, a lot of the events uh, in his own personal life that helped him write his uh, most you know his most famous book the this much I know is true um, and uh, we got into a good discussion about what motivates writers and uh, or what motivates artists to create and uh, for Wally that was a very personal book for him for me because of the story I just told you, this is a very personal project for me. Uh, I know what the hospital was like. I know the people. My mom worked there. She passed away at a very young age, 36. Mm. And uh, the hospital family was really good. And when I came to work at the hospital, you know, I I wasn't the only one like that. There, were, I worked with a lot of nurses, uh, people whose 
mothers were also nurses, so there was a whole like second generation thing going on at Norwich Hospital with the workers and third generation workers, and uh, a lot of people in healthcare right now have their roots from Norwich Hospital. So um, yeah, it's quite a story. Now, when your mom and dad came home from work, were they? Uh, did they take it with them? No. Well, dad was a cook. Dad was a cook. Okay. He, he was a baseball player. <laughs> dad All was, right. Dad was a great baseball player, and he was a cook. But mom was a nurse, and no, no, she, uh, you know. Um, Sounds like a real people, caring well, I, person. I, I, yeah. People told me a lot of stories about my mom when I went to go work at the hospital, and uh, nothing but great things. You know, uh, very calming loving pe- person and and I met so many people at Norwich Hospital with hearts of gold the uh, you know nurses mental health workers doctors uh, you know I could go on um, we humans have a tendency to uh, accentuate the negative it's just a I don't know the human element you hear something bad and it's magnified and uh, yeah. but that's why this documentary would be good because you're going to show other aspects of it Yes. So yeah. We're going to show the good. We're going to acknowledge the bad. Too. Yeah, I of mean, course. We wanted to get the whole scoop in there. Yeah. Yeah, I've never wanted to shy away from the bad. I've always wanted to clarify the clarify. bad. Clarify the bad. Yes. And let me take a short break. We have a few more minutes here. If you'd like to squeeze in a call, that would be okay. At 889-5252. February is American Heart Month. Heart disease is the leading cause of death for both men and women. Make healthy changes to prevent and control risk factors. Get active and eat healthy. Educate yourself on the dangers of heart disease and get on track to better heart health. This is Lisa Griffin of Eastern Connecticut Savings Bank reminding you that awareness and early detection saves lives. Generations Family Health Centers in Willimantic, Norwich, Danielson, and Putnam remind you that they're here with medical care regardless of your ability to pay. And that includes receiving care for any heart issues you may have. If a heart attack has affected your family, remember to listen and offer support, but also care for yourself. Heart Healthy Advice from Willimantic Waste, a Casella waste management company. This heart healthy message is brought to you by our local sponsors and the Hall Communication Radio Group. residential and commercial divisions are booming. We're looking to add experienced carpenters and shop carpenters who want to be part of a dedicated team of professionals who enjoy doing the skills they do best. Yankee Remodeler is a full-service general contractor that's been trusted and relied upon since 1971. We offer competitive wages, benefits, and a great work environment. You can find us at yankeeremodeler.com. You'll be glad you did. Take it from me. I've been part of the Yankee Remodeler team for the last 28 years. Yankee Remodeler! You know, the phones are ringing off the hook now, but we only have a couple of minutes, so let's uh, get some final words with our guest. You know, what's going on with the hospital property now and things like that. Uh, so, uh, Christine, you want to start this? Or? No, I'll, I'll start. I'm you want to start? Okay. Quickly, just uh, one thing that really angers us uh, with the hospital property. Back on May 20th, there was a major arson in the uh, administration building. Um, despite uh, Christine and other people's efforts to tell the town of Preston, tell you know, secure the buildings, but they, they're being totally ignored. There was an attempted murder in June of a caretaker of one of the buildings on the Norwich side, uh, somebody working for the owner. So there was an attempted murder. Then there was another uh, arson in Pondview in September. And then just a couple of weeks ago, January 30th, uh, there was a huge fire in the old uh, 
uh, where the doctor's residences were at the top of the hill. Uh, it's really sad what's happened to the property. And uh, Christine, you want to talk about the Russell building a little bit? And Getting on to the fires very quickly. Um, my colleague, Kevin Tibbs, and I have been for years emailing the town of Preston, particularly Sean Nugent of the Preston Redevelopment Agency. Um, I've tried to contact through the Preston Historical Society, uh, you know, inquiring about security of the property because we have been saying to them, if you do not do something to secure this property, you're going to end up with liabilities such as arson. And here it is happening. Mm -hmm. um, and even prior to our efforts, which have been 100% ignored by Sean Nugent, we have never received anything from him and he's no nothing at all he's definitely not the people person he claims to be on his linkedin page um but regarding the occupational therapy building um i the year escapes me again off the top of my head but uh my colleague kevin and i again we were we were granted permission to be on the property and prior to that tour we did make um, the developers and the demolition companies aware that uh, there was a cornerstone on the occupational therapy building, the Russell building, with the year of 1953. Now, we did know that during demolition of the lodge building, there was a time capsule recovered and the town has the contents. I was able to see it and, mm -hmm. and you know, touch it for myself. Mm. Uh, and I included photos of it in my book. So we really, made them, yeah. yeah, we made them aware of this cornerstone in Russell and said, you know, please excavate this because what if there's a time capsule in here? Yeah. You know, given the history of the building, we yeah, have repeatedly. Truly sorry we're out of time. No I mean, problem. I, I'm really enjoying this. Thank you so much for, for being with us. Steve Napolito, filmmaker, and um, Christine, who has marvelous books about the uh, hospital. I hope we can get together again yeah, and we, uh, keep maybe, me posted on the maybe documentary. Down the road when uh, I. It, yeah. comes closer to being complete. That would yeah. be a great idea because it's would. a wonderful topic. All right. Uh, take care. Thank you. Thank you. Personality Radio, WICHAM 1310, 94.5 FM, W233DB in Norwich. consumers rebounding last month from a weak holiday shopping season, boosting their spending at stores and restaurants at the fastest pace in almost two years. Retail sales jumping 3% in January. U.N. Secretary-General Antonio Guterres tells reporters the U.N. is asking for more emergency funding to help Syrian earthquake victims who have received very little assistance. The needs are immense. The Syria effort brings together the entire U.N. system and humanitarian partners and will help secure desperately needed life-saving relief for nearly 5 million Syrians, including shelter, health care, food and protection. The U.N. launching a $397 million appeal to provide relief for the Syrians. Also at townhall.com, an increasing number of municipal, county, and state governments are using federal pandemic relief funds to pay residents burdensome medical debt. Experts say medical debt often forces people to make difficult decisions about which bills to pay and even whether to seek critical medical care. Cook County, Illinois, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, Toledo, Ohio, and the Boston suburb of Somerville, Massachusetts are among the communities looking into using American Rescue Plan Act funds to address the problem. 
They're teaming up with RIP Medical Debt, a nonprofit that since 2014 has used donations to buy huge bundles of debt at pennies on the dollar and pay it off. Jeremy House reporting. Stocks are mixed. The Dow down 93 points. The Nasdaq is up 26. More at townhall.com. From the creators of I Can Only Imagine comes Jesus Revolution. If you look a little deeper, if you look with love, you'll see an entire generation searching for all the right things, just in all the wrong places. Based on a true revolution. You're going to need a bigger church. Jesus Revolution. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. See it early February 22nd. Be in theaters everywhere beginning February 24th. Go to JesusRevolution.movie. America is giving away its inventions and technology to China. The Chinese Communist Party intends to surpass us and to be the world leader in innovative technology. The shocking new movie, Innovation Race, exposes the potential Chinese takeover of 5G and the Internet, threatening America's economic and military security. Dominating technology means you dominate the world itself. Watch the movie, Innovation Race, now on demand or DVD at SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Russian forces claiming some battlefield success as Moscow's invasion of Ukraine labors to gain some momentum almost a year after it began. Russian troops breaking through two Ukrainian defensive lines. It happened in the eastern Luhansk region. Meanwhile, a Washington-based think tank says Kiev's continued defense of Bakhmut, a mining town that for months has been a key target of Russia's grinding campaign in the east, has been strategically sound. The support for the strategy comes despite its high costs for Ukraine and reported concerns among U.S. military planners that Kiev's effort to launch a spring offensive may be hobbled as its forces remain tied down in Bakhmut, the Institute for the Study of War. The Kiev's defense of the town has degraded significant Russian forces and will likely set favorable conditions for a future Ukrainian counteroffensive. I'm Charles Dulatesma. Breaking news and analysis at townhall.com. For the second time, elderly people in China have protested against reductions in their medical benefits. Wuhan went through rounds of tough lockdowns as the place where the coronavirus pandemic started and China's medical facilities have come under enormous strain following the abrupt abandonment of zero COVID, which has led to an unknown number of deaths here. Now retirees have been told that the medical expenses they can claim back from the government are to be reduced at a time of soaring healthcare costs. Footage posted on social media would appear to show large numbers of police have been sent to the sites of the protests in both Wuhan and Dalian. BBC correspondent Stephen MacDonald. The United Nations Migration Agency says at least 73 Europe-bound migrants missing and presumed dead off Libya in a shipwreck. Seven migrants did survive that disaster. More on these stories at townhall.com. I'm John Scott. It's to go every day from noon to one. It's too bad. I love those oldest baby. I love those oldest. I love those oldest. Okay, if you want to call in and win with your favorite love song, well, we're going to try to play it this hour. We're, we do to part two. We had part one yesterday. 
celebrating Valentine's Day for um, two days. Why not? It's worthy of that. Cupid will play overtime. The Yukon Sports Network from Learfield. Rebound. Loose puck. Score! The Huskies win! The ice bus rolls on. Shoot! Score! Anthony Denner closes the door! Huskies will win it! Catch all the action all season long on your home for UConn hockey. Catch many of the UConn Husky hockey games right here on 1310 and 94.5 FM WICH. Do you enjoy helping people? Want to make a difference in your community and the lives of your neighbors? Then TVCCA may have the perfect opportunity for you. We're hiring agency-wide with a specific need for all levels of our child care programs located in several different areas of New London County. TVCCA offers a generous benefit package with opportunity for growth. Please check out our TVCCA careers page at tvcca.org. As openings are updated daily, TVCCA is an equal opportunity employer. Going to play some of the greatest love songs, um, part two on our program. Believe it or not, Joe Cocker had one. Well, I thought he had one, but um, we got it for you. Okay. Hmm. Little problem there. It's too bad. It's a good song. It's called You Are So Beautiful to Me. All right. We'll get uh, some technical things in order for you. And uh, here we go. Thank you. So beautiful. To me. You are so.
say the gentleman is in love, huh? Some of the great love songs, uh, part two. Oh, these two were so in love at one time, weren't they, Captain and Tennille? Greatest love songs ever, but I think you got the point there. And but after the break, we have two of the most beautiful love songs ever recorded. Part two of our love song lunchtime oldies. If you're ready to get out, have some fun, and jazz up in and around your home, the Home and Garden Show, presented by Xfinity, Generac, and L-Train Electric, is the ticket. Over 250 companies with everything from hourly gardening seminars to a tiny house. Friday, February 17th through Sunday the 19th in the Earth Expo Center of Mohegan Sun. Sponsored by Gano's Power Equipment, News 8, the Norwich Chamber, Integrity Roof, GAF, and Renewal by Anderson. More at JenksProductions.com. 
I'm so frustrated with our company's cleaning service. They're not living up to their promises, and it's really starting to bug me. That's why I use SureBright Commercial Cleaning Services. I know it's done right every time. Out of sight, out of mind. I'm Chris Heller, co-owner of SureBright. It all comes down to customer service. We know that our customers, like Hall Communications, trust us with their facility as well as their image. And we appreciate just how important superior maintenance is to our customers, their customers, and their employees. That's why with SureBright, you'll get only the best in service and quality. Being a family-owned, independent company, customers know that they can always call either Chris or Patsy Heller with any questions or concerns. Surebright Commercial Cleaning Service, a division of Surebright Enterprises Incorporated. Out of sight, out of mind works for me. I'm going with Surebright Commercial Cleaning Services. Great choice. Surebright Commercial Cleaning Services. Done right every night. Out of sight, out of mind. Serving Connecticut. Call 860-887-9785 or visit surebrightinc.com. Playing some of the greatest love songs of all time, and this has got to be up there in the top ten, perhaps. Don McLean, known for American Pie, but this particular song that he wrote became a classic. It turned out to be Perry Como's last big hit. I love you so The people ask me how How I've lived till now I tell them I don't know I guess they understand How lonely life has been Life began again The day you took my hand And yes, I know How lonely life can be The shadows follow me And the night won't set me free Just for me You set my spirit free I'm happy that you do The book of life is brief And once a page is read All but life is dead That is my belief And yes, I know How lonely life can be The shadows follow me And the night won't set me free 
If that one doesn't put a lump in your tummy or in your throat or somewhere around there, uh, here's Ed Ames. One of the great love songs ever. Sometimes I whisper what I'm thinking of My cup runneth over with love Sometimes in the evening when you I study the small things you do constantly I memorize moments that I'm fondest of My cup runneth over He was, of course, with the Ames Brothers, who had a ton of hits, and then he went on his own and had that tremendous hit. Love Songs Part 2 with Stu on our lunchtime oldie break. We're just getting started here. WICH weather, partly to mostly sunny, high about 55 to 58. Tonight, mostly clear to partly cloudy, 48. Thursday is just maybe breaking records or CDs or 8-tracks. Cloudy with a chance of scattered showers, but the temperature will be 62 to 65. My goodness. Moving up to 50 degrees right now at WICH AM and FM.
This is a public notice from the Tasmanian Tree Devil. Visit them this weekend at the Southeastern Connecticut Home and Garden Show at the Mohegan Sun Expo Center. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Stop in to see Ed and Rita and enter their drawing for a $500 coupon. Good towards your next tree service project. Tasmanian Tree Devil, licensed and insured. They show up when they say they will, and they'll do what they say they'll do. Don't forget to visit their booth this weekend at the Southeastern Connecticut Home and Garden Show in the Mohegan Sun Expo Center. Love is in the air, and Scient Federal Credit Union wants you to love your savings again with their special rate share certificates. They are offering a 4.25% annual percentage yield for a 12-month share certificate, a 4.40% annual percentage yield for a 24-month share certificate, and a 4.50% annual percentage yield for a 36-month share certificate. To open or learn more about these certificates, visit scientfcu.org or call 877 Minimum balance to open each certificate and earn stated APY is $1,000. Maximum balance is $250,000. $25,000 in existing money allowed per special share certificates. Special rates mentioned above are effective as of February 1st, 2023 and may be canceled at any time without notice. A penalty may be imposed for early withdrawal. Must qualify for membership. Science Federal Credit Union is federally insured by the National Credit Union administration everybody knows pat boone he had a marvelous career and uh, tons of hit records his daughter debbie had one hit <laughs> but hers probably sold more copies because this was number one for eight weeks in a row one of the best love songs
She mentioned the electric bills she got there. Debbie Boone's fantastic hit, one of the biggest hits of that year, 1977. It was the flip side of a song called He's a Rebel. And it turned out to be one of the biggest hits of the year, the flip side. You just never know. How about this love song? Frank Sinatra, true story, said that this was one of the best love songs ever. And it was written by George Harrison. Frank actually recorded it, too. Love song, something, huh? Something. George Harrison's great composition there. The Quiet Beatle, they used to say. Stewart's lunchtime break at WICH playing some of the greatest love songs of all time. Songs that you don't uh, maybe not normally hear a lot. But we've dug out quite a few and you've requested some very interesting, wonderful love songs. And if you have any others, we have time to take a request or two. Tony Bennett. 
How about this love song? song in my heart because of you my romance had its start because of you the sun will shine the moon and stars will say can smile because of you. song since I had hair. That's um, Tony Bennett's Gotta Love the Tony, our little Tony. How about uh, Matina McBride? She's got a song called Safe in the Arms of Love. Good love song. Oh, 
Even the Beach Boys have a great love song. It's called God Only Knows. He predicts the hits. Let's do his lunchtime break. It's up to 55 degrees right now. I may not always love you, but long as there are stars above you, you never need to doubt it. I'll make you so sure about it God only knows what I'd be without you If you should ever leave me Oh, life would still go on, believe me The world could show nothing to me So what good would living do me? What I'd be without you One of the Beach Boy classics, huh? God only knows. WICH with Stu. Hope you're enjoying our part two of some of the greatest love songs that we've picked on this Valentine week. 
So be careful when you listen to this song because this gentleman was known with his voice to actually shatter glass. Here's Mario Lanza. Imagine him singing at the dinner table. All the dishes going flying, huh? The great Mario Lanza. Be my love. After that, how could you resist, right? 
I think we'll soften it up a little bit with a great love song by a group called the Paris Sisters. I love how your eyes close whenever you kiss me And when I'm away from you I love how you miss me I love the way you always treat me tenderly that got in there. That's a pretty song. The Paris Sisters Stews. Lunchtime oldies. If I'm missing any classic love song, let me know. I'll try to get it in this hour. Darling, you Take you home
That's when stamps were only four cents. Uh, Sammy Cook, one of his first big hits, 1957, Rod Stewart. It's a very nice love song we want to put in here today. Have I told you lately that I love you? Have I told you? There's no one else above you You fill my heart with gladness Take away all my sadness Ease my troubles, that's what you do For the morning sun and all its glory Reach the day with hope and comfort too You fill my heart with laughter Take away and make it better Ease my troubles, that's what you do There's a love that's divine And it's yours and it's mine Like the sun
Have I told you lately that I love you? Have I told you there's no one else above you? What you do You fill my heart with gladness Take away all my sadness Ease my troubles That's, that's what you do Rod Stewart with Stu Have I told you lately? Part two of our love songs, a uh, great one coming up. The Home and Garden Show, presented by Xfinity Generac and L-Train Electric, is the biggest home show in all of New England, with over 250 companies. Even some TV personalities stopping by. Russell Holmes from HGTV's Renovation is Impossible, Saturday from 11 till 2. And on Sunday, News 8's Joe Fury. Friday, February 17th through Sunday the 19th, in the Earth Expo Center at Mohegan Sun. Sponsored by Gallows Power Equipment, News 8, the Norwich Chamber, Integrity Group, at GAF, and Renewal. By Anderson. More at JenksProductions.com. Well, you probably think I may have forgot this great love song. At last, here it is. Oh! 
Hannah James, a song that became a classic love song. So you've been listening to the greatest love songs, some of the greatest of all time. Tomorrow we'll be playing the worst love song. No, I won't do that. I do have a song called Loving You Has Made Me Bananas, but that's not for today. Let's close out with a fantastic love song that was recorded by many, many artists in the 40s and the 50s and in the 60s, but this became the biggest commercial hit of this love song by the Letterman. enjoyed uh, number one and number two of the great love songs of all time on our lunchtime oldie break. Let's take you to the news and then anything goes next hour. Hmm? See if we can get into some mischief. Any candy left from Valentine's Day? I got a hold of a little last night and I'm ashamed of myself. I just, I just couldn't eat one. WICHAM 1310 in Norwich and 94.5 FM W233DB in Norwich. With our temperature moving up 55 degrees. Here's the latest news and then we'll get to the complete forecast. It's 1 o'clock. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm John Scott. Former U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, makes it official. For a strong America, for a proud America, I am running for President of the United States of America. 
Haley is the first notable Republican to challenge former President Donald Trump for the nomination. The 51-year-old did not mention Mr. Trump by name, but she alluded to the 76-year-old former president by saying it's, quote, time for a new generation of leadership. Also at townhall.com, a town meeting tonight in East Palestine, Ohio, upended by a train derailment and the intentional burning of some hazardous chemicals on board. There are plenty of questions about the huge plumes of smoke, protesting odors, reports of sick and dying animals, and contaminated water. Rail operator Norfolk Southern says it's offering financial help to the community of some 4,700 while continuing remediation work. At Senate hearings on the FAA, Senator Ted Cruz today complaining about a spike in near misses over the past few weeks. Bob Agnew has that report. We've seen them in New York. We've seen them in Austin, Texas. We just recently saw one outside of Hawaii. Crews demanding that acting administrator Billy Nola explain what went wrong at the FAA in recent weeks. And what more can be done to make sure that the next near miss doesn't become a horrific tragedy. Crews also complains the Transportation Department and FAA are currently focused on embracing woke policies and not enough on traveler safety. Bob Hagner reporting. That on Wall Street. Stocks remain mixed. The Dow is down 163 points, but the Nasdaq is up 17. More at townhall.com. From the creators of I Can Only Imagine comes Jesus Revolution. If you look a little deeper, if you look with love, you'll see an entire generation searching for all the right things, just in all the wrong places. Based on a true revolution. You're going to need a bigger church. Jesus Revolution. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. See it early February 22nd. In theaters everywhere beginning February 24th. Go to JesusRevolution.movie. Every day we hear news about violent assaults, carjackings, and other acts of crime spiraling across the United States. Washington's answer is to confiscate your guns, but a new book from Regnery offers hope for a better solution. Professional firearms instructor and veteran gun store owner Larry Correa's new book, In Defense of the Second Amendment, pulls back the curtain on Washington's gun-grabbing agenda and how you can protect your rights as well as your family. Yet, In Defense of the Second Amendment, new from Regnery, available at Amazon.com. An Indiana daycare director charged with giving children melatonin. 52-year-old Tanya Boris faces 11 counts of neglect of a dependent and 6 counts of reckless supervision by a child care provider. Court records say Boris formally operated the Kids' Life Child Care Ministry at New Life Church in Cumberland. The pastor told police he learned Boris and another employee gave 17 kids ages 1 to 4 melatonin gummies without their parents' consent. Several of the parents told police that their children have problems, including developing a rash and having trouble sleeping. I'm Lisa Dwyer. A self-driving vehicle company owned by Amazon successfully carrying passengers on public roads. Zook said the company conducted the first of its four-person robo-taxi Saturday with some employees on board. The test conducted in Foster City, California. Breaking news at townhall.com. Scottish leader Nicola Sturgeon resigning after eight years on the job. Sturgeon tells the media that part of serving in politics is knowing when it's time to make way for someone else. In my head and in my heart, I know that time is now. That it is right for me, 
for my party and for the country. And so today I am announcing my intention to step down as First Minister and leader of my party. The First Minister adds she'd wrestled with the decision, but that the pressure of the job was relentless and that she's a human being as well as a politician. I'm Charles Duladesma. Italian former Premier Silvio Berlusconi found not guilty of witness tampering in a trial related to parties he held at his villa in Milan while he was in office. The six-year-old trial, the third and likely final one in the scandal. More on these stories at townhall.com. It's time for the Anything Goes Hour with Stu Breyer. Well, here we are. It's been a busy day. Say, on a pleasant day, huh? Sunshine, temperatures in the 50s. It's like a dream, isn't it? Some of this uh, February weather. It is an open forum. 889-5252 is the number. I hope you enjoyed our segment on the Norwich State Hospital, and I'd be very anxious to see that documentary. Could be something really special, learning about the Norwich State Hospital. A lot of stories, a lot of people that work there listening in, or we're looking forward to that. If you missed any of it, you can hear it on our podcast, which will be posted this afternoon, and you can hear the whole interview if you choose. Right now, let's choose a complete weather forecast. While we are starting off with some clouds, they're going to erode early, giving way to partly to mostly sunny skies during the afternoon hours. Breezy, milder temperatures today in the mid to upper 50s. Tonight, mostly clear to partly cloudy. Overnight low, mild, 48. Tomorrow, increasing cloudiness. Chance for scattered showers towards and after sunset. Wind strengthens. It's going to be warm tomorrow. 62 at the shoreline, 65 degrees inland. Friday, rain likely through midday, then partial clearing by sunset. Temperatures peak early in the mid-50s, then slowly fall. By the evening commute, they'll be in the 30s. It's going to be windy, too. Saturday, sunny, cooler, highs in the low 40s. Sunday, partly to mostly sunny, milder, highs in the low 50s. In the early warning forecast on our Channel 3, I'm meteorologist Scott Haney, wishing you all a great, safe, and healthy Wednesday. Yeah, right now it's 55 degrees, and you know when they say 30s, we go, oh, it's so cold. Normally, that would be pretty normal temperatures, but... Down to the 30s. Are you kidding me? It's okay. It's been a pretty darn good winter. Our temperature once again, 55 degrees. Well, I see that Nikki Haley would like to run for president. She's okay, right? I like Nikki. Former South Carolina governor. United Nations ambassador. She has a good resume. Announced her candidacy for president on Tuesday. The announcement delivered in a tweeted video. I love that. A tweeted video. Welcome to the program. Yes, good afternoon, Stu. I have a question for the audience. Sure. I have, I'm shocked by this information I heard on TV. Uh, whether it's true, I think it's true because I showed pictures of it. That there are now uh, the younger generation uh, marrying themselves. They have a ceremony, Mm -hmm. they wear a wedding ring, and they call it marriage. But they live alone, they have their own, they're just happy with their own lives, and they call it marriage. (laughs) Does anybody know anything about this? Well, it's what's going to happen when they want a divorce. Uh, I I don't understand it. I I, I don't get it. The part that I don't 
No, there's Get a lot of uh, calling it marriage because marriage is to me between a man and a woman. Yeah, I mean, I and know. I know I know gay people get married too, but that's between two people. I understand. I guess no. I can accept. That I have not too. heard that one, but uh, doesn't make any sense, of course. But uh, they're doing it, and they're having full-fledged wedding ceremonies, invitations, flowers, wedding cake, mm-hmm. the whole nine yards of getting married. I don't think I would go to that wedding, uh, you know, as much as well, I Well, they have know. other friends. I think it's a movement. I don't know yeah, what it is. there's a lot of things going on anyone, with young people. Maybe the, someone else knows more about mm-hmm. it than, or understands yeah. it better than I do. I would like to know more about it, but a lot of things going on with young people want to changing words and don't say mother. Don't, exactly. You know, exactly. it's just this propaganda they're getting, and uh, they'll grow out of it. But anyway, thanks for that. Oh, these are it. adult people that are doing it. Adult people, These are yeah. adult people in their 40s and 50s. Oh, 40s and 50s. Fi- I thought these were just the young... Uh... Well, I call that young because I'm yeah, close no, to that's 90, young. So well, of course that's it's young. That's quite young. Well, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, okay. Thanks a lot, Stu. <laughs> Maybe somebody heard it. I caught it on the Dr. Phil show. I don't usually watch it. <laughs> Uh, but I w- ran across it, intrigued me, and uh, that's what I got. Maybe out they're of it. trying to get a tax reduction. I don't know. <laughs> well, thank you for I'm that. Sorry? Maybe they're trying to save on taxes or something. I don't know. I don't right. know. Thank but you. I... Let's wait and see if anybody else knows about it. All right. Okay. Thanks for bringing it up. Thank you. Dr. Phil, do you know that I know that you know? First, I've heard of that one, but why not? You know, anything. Anything should be. You should see some of the college kids. Uh, don't say girl or boy or mom or dad or this or that. Say they and you know just ridiculous stuff. You know, so many other things to get involved in and getting along involved with the word game. So they want to marry. Would you like to marry yourself? Hmm? It's nice that you like yourself a, a lot. You know, and, you know some some lonely night when you're uh, least expected. Give yourself a ring. Hmm? Then bring yourself home to mom and dad and see if they approve. Where would you go on your honeymoon? Hmm? It'd be fun. You're on the air. Welcome. Welcome Hi. to you, Father Stu. Hello, Boston Benny. What's up? Oh, right now, what you uh, mentioned, the sun is out. Oh, it's a gorgeous day. It gorgeous feels day. good. Yeah. So... But vitamin D always feels good. Yeah. Sometimes when I call you, I say to myself, am I going to say anything about that? And then when I get, I say, yeah, and then I call, and then I have second thoughts again. Well, you don't ever have second thoughts with me. You're welcome to say what you feel and what your opinion is. Well, you know, it's related to some of the things that you talked about that you mm-hmm. have opinions about and yeah what the last caller talked about and things are going on in in our country and and the world you know objects in the in the sky and social media there's so much to mm-hmm. take in these days oh, yeah we have too muchism yep so what I was going to say, I'm going to hold it, but that was the subject. Okay. I'll, I'll give it some more thought. All right, Benny. Thank you. All right. Well, that's an interesting thing to think you can marry yourself, you know, me. Valentine's Day. I hope this is the day. I hope I pop the question. Could have a lot of fun with that concept, except some people are pretty serious. You're on the air. Welcome. 
Good afternoon, Stu. Hi, Larry. Did you uh, watch your buddy last night, uh, Tucker? Yes, I did. I watched Tucker last night, the whole show. Okay, so you saw the segment then um, uh, on on his uh, TV screen regarding the FBI going after Catholics? Going after Catholics. Yeah. I, was that last night? Yeah, it was last night. Hmm. You'll have to yeah. refresh me on that. I, I saw a lot of disturbing things like that. Well, what's the FBI doing going after Catholics? Can you answer me that question? I have no idea. Uh, you know, people are saying that... Uh, Maybe because we're MAGA Catholics? Huh? I don't know. I, I don't get Catholics the whole thing with... Or, you know, why are they bugging Catholics? I have no idea. Yeah, because the, they're idiots. They're, they're into this woke stuff. This is what uh, their FBI director, Mr. Gray, did to them. Most of them. This, this is this is not at the top anymore. This is going right down through the FBI. You see all the FBI agents that are being interviewed on TV that quit. A lot of them quit. Yeah, quit. They're all quitting because of uh, what they've uh, been told that they have to do from the top, and they're not doing it. The, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, uh, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. I mean, how could that even get to uh, first base? I don't understand that. Well, listen. Don't go after the Catholics, all right? Don't get involved in that stuff because you're asking for a lot of trouble. Yeah, don't go after any religion. You know, it's oh, yeah. just a... <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You know what they did? It was Catholics, in quotation marks. It wasn't against any other religion. It so, was the Catholics. What exactly was the reason besides... I had no idea. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm going to have to dig into it further to get that information. I know they were going after the church with uh, COVID, and uh, they were still holding services. I'm sure uh, more information is going to uh, come out on it, uh, 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 you know, soon. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, one other case I'll let you go. You know, I filed a lot of criminal cases uh, on Dan Abrams last night at 9 o'clock on uh, News Nation. Uh He's been following his cases. A uh, cop in California got charged uh, with murder in this, uh, and they did show the tape again last night. He should have never, but he got charged with murder by this district attorney out there who was very, very liberal and also got paid by uh, Gaston. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, anyways, this, this guy uh, got thrown out. This district attorney got thrown out, and a new district attorney came in and said that the, the, the case was so outrageous by what this district attorney did to this cop that he dismissed the case and dropped all charges against him. Well, they have a new district attorney. That's wonderful. Yeah. No, so, I didn't know that. Gee. Uh, and I saw the video, and from the video, uh, the cop should have never been charged with murder in the first place. Yeah. But he had to go through this for months and months because of uh, what, what they did to him. Everybody so, likes to go what, after the, the cops. The attorney that came in to, to, and, and dropped all charges against this cop, mm-hmm. he's also a liberal uh, guy. A liberal. He's a liberal a district attorney, and he found his case so outrageous that he's mm-hmm. dismissing it. Well, good. As, as long as he's, he can be a liberal or anything he wants, as long as he's fair with the criminal justice system, that's all I care. Yeah, that's, that's what I always said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Uh, I'm telling you what's going on today, Stu. I, 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 I don't understand it. I really don't. Yeah, it's really tough to watch, believe me. Yeah. Okay, have a good afternoon. All right, buddy, you too. Hi, welcome to the program. Welcome to the dial tone. Let me take a short break if you'd like to check in. 
just to go right to the desk and check in. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation has been at the forefront of inflammatory bowel disease research and care for over 50 years. Learn more about research, education, and support at Crohn'sColitisFoundation.org. The Breeze Line Winter Cinema Series is underway at The Guard in New London. Their state-of-the-art digital projection system creates the best movie viewing in the region. The Whale, The Woman King, Women Talking, and more critically acclaimed, Oscar-nominated, and Golden Globe-winning movies. A limited number of season passes are available for only $65. Go to guardarts.org for more information and the movie lineup. Sponsored in part by the Secor Auto Group, Hall Communications, and Blueprints Unlimited. The Breeze Line Winter Cinema Series going on now at The Guard in New London. This is a public notice from the Tasmanian Tree Devil. Visit them this weekend at the Southeastern Connecticut Home and Garden Show at the Mohegan Sun Expo Center. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Stop in to see Ed and Rita and enter their drawing for a $500 coupon. Good towards your next tree service project. Tasmanian Tree Devil, licensed and insured. They show up when they say they will, and they'll do what they say they'll do. Don't forget to visit their booth this weekend at the Southeastern Connecticut Home and Garden Show in the Mohegan Sun Expo Center. W-I-C-H-A-M and F-M, your number one local connection. You're in the air. Hi. Hi, Stu. Hi there. Uh, that was a very good uh, interview, and it was a- historical, too. Yeah, I can't wait, to see the, can't wait to see the documentary. I hope it's a success for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and what, where is it going to be? Where is it going to be? Is it, is it going to be a book or what? No, it's going to be a film, and uh, you know, we'll certainly let you know when it's available. It'll be uh-huh. put on a DVD, I'm sure, and uh, uh-huh. it'll be shown. So it'll be around. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that's good because it, it's a historical time in this state. Some some television networks, cable, they put on these documentaries. There's yes, a whole ton of them it, on there. Mm-hmm. Yes, and this is very uh, um, interesting. Well, I wish them a lot of luck with it. Yeah, I do, too. Mm. So I'll, I'll be anxious to see it. I'll keep you posted. Okay, good. Thank you. Okay, bye. Welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon, Stu. I was really looking forward to that, and Patty just said it was a great program. Your two guests, were they in your studio? Because the guy, I don't remember the names. He was in the studio. He's writing a lot of research and book on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't hear him very well, Stu. I don't know if he's talking in the mic properly. Uh, so I kind of missed a little. I felt like I got short chains on this interview. I'm sorry to hear that. I tried to get him as close to the mic as I possibly could. but um, I heard you say to him, hey, you got to go a little close to the mic. At one mm-hmm. point, I really thought I heard you say that, Stu. And you're, you know, everybody knows you're the top dog professional. But, yeah, he wasn't coming in real cool. And I, but I got most of it. I got the gist of it. And uh, mm-hmm. Good. once again, you got the great interviews, Stu. Thank you, buddy. Um, yeah. There's a lot of things, uh, a lot of history with that hospital, a lot of people that work there and how no things doubt. changed no through the well, years. My Yankee girl called in. She worked there, Stu. Mm-hmm. I think she worked there like 35 years. She grew up here in Norwich. She's Norwich native, and she worked at the uh, North State Hospital and uh, retired and all that when it all closed and all, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, yeah, there's a heck of a lot of history behind all that. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and I know it's going to take a while for that documentary to be completed, but it'll be fun to see. Yeah. My thoughts, Stu, real quick. I know in Middletown they have that, uh, there's a hospital there for criminals that are probably criminal and insane. I don't know. All, mm-hmm. yep. Like Larry would know more about all that. but And I know there's, you know, people that 
you know, they don't put them in a regular jail and they got mental institutions. But do you think we'd ever get a hospital back here in Norris like that? I, I doubt it very much. I really do. I do too, Stu. <laughs> Anyhow, hey, we still got tomorrow because you're not. Oh, I was thinking it's Thursday. I got to. I'm getting my tooth fixed tomorrow, Stu. I'm excited about. It. Yeah, I'm real excited about sitting in the dental chair. But I'm going to take care of my business. Take care of business. You'll feel good about it. That's good. I love you, brother man. Have a good afternoon, All bro. Right, Joe, thank you. WICH, Good afternoon. Hi, Stu. Good afternoon. Hi there. Um, I heard a couple of things on your program this past week. Mm -hmm. um, I heard a little bit of the couple that you had on today at 11 o'clock. Yes. And um, I heard a man come on and um, on that you had a guest just in the last week, I believe, that talked about comorbidity. Um, my mother died a horrible death um, in Connecticut. And part of it was that she was on Medicaid and her health was failing. But in terms of the couple today that were talking about the state hospital, I, I want to say that's over and done. Um, but I heard the woman give statistics about chemical sterilizations and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I have one comment to make about that. Um, when the roundabouts were being proposed, the state of Connecticut presentation that was given to me by the traffic engineer for an hour and a half included collision statistics on West Main Street of 100 accidents a year. And mm -hmm. I said, well, I'll email uh, the police department records and request their reports for the last 10 years. And it wasn't a hundred reports that they had on file. So when she talked about statistics saying, I don't know, 37 or whatever were performed, it's probably significantly more than that. That would be my guess. Um, and I wanted to mention that there were other concepts that she talked about that really don't I don't know why they wanted to come on the radio and talk about the Norwich Hospital, because research can be very, I can't think of the word that I want. It can be one point of view only. And, you know, you can't just say, well, this is how many were done. Well, not, and, a, and not if you do your, if you do your homework, like you're going to hear, you're going to get more than one point if you do your homework. And she's now. I have a lot of experience with three agencies in Connecticut over the years. Um, I went to advocacy unlimited classes at the Eastern Regional Mental Board meetings, um, and they wanted me to attend a leadership conference at the time in 2007. I was a very close acquaintance with, very, very close, with Dr. Robert Davidson. He was the executive director of the Eastern Regional Mental Health Board, and we did a lot of things together over the years. He is the one who coined the term comorbidity, which I'm against. Um, I, I, he meant well. He died from a massive brain tumor at 67 years old. 
and I've been to some National Alliance for Mentally Ill meetings over the years as well. So I have experience with three agencies. Every agency complains. They, they believe that people are mentally ill um, and that they need medication. Every, yep. Everybody thinks that. No, some people do, some people don't. You know that. And, well, I disagree. You don't um, think anybody needs it, medication? It's, it's, medication is not ethical or efficacious, and that's why Dr. Bregan has written over 20 books. But that, that's, so you that's actually tangential. believe that people that's do not... Well, I'm trying to Can tell I just you say is, something? Uh, you actually believe that people with uh, mental illness... I'm trying illness... to explain something to you, Stu. When we had Commissioner Kirk, I met Commissioner Kirk from the Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services when I was inpatient at Natchog Hospital in 2001 and you know they, the discharge plan was to go to the regional mental health agency which I did um, and I, I told the psychiatrist at the time when I followed up there that I was sleeping 20 hours a day. So he wanted me to stop one of the medications, mm -hmm. which I did right away. Okay. And then I realized that the other medication had destroyed the lining of my stomach. And this is one of the cases that Dr. Bregan has brought a lawsuit, is Risperidone or Risperdal doing this to women. Um, so I did that, and then the psychiatrist called me, and he wanted to increase the dose, so I hung up the phone and didn't go back for a long time. So, But the other thing I wanted to tell you is when David Burnett started Reliance House, a lot of people wanted to go there because of the things that were happening at the state hospital to them and other people. And my foster parents were against psychiatry. Um, they saw the damage to my mother and a lot of other people, and they didn't believe in it. So I was brought up that way for seven and a half years in Voluntown. And then I was in New York for 10 years and did great and came back and did great. But I, I wanted to tell you that when Commissioner Kirk was in office, there were two things that happened. I met him at a mental health picnic here in Norwich, and I was introduced to him. Um, I wrote a, I called Matchock Hospital and asked them how those services were paid for for 30 days. And they told me that there was an acute care contract. And they told me, you know, how to get that. So I, I mm -hmm. did get a copy of it. And I was in tears because the, the regulations that Commissioner Kirk developed for ethical and efficacious things going on as as conditions and guidelines of these contracts were being violated. You know, and really, I, uh, I think you I think you're very interesting, but I got to get give, give somebody else a chance to get on. Well, legislation was brought against him because people wanted housing. Okay. So the state had injured them, and they needed housing. I'll talk to you later. I'll talk to you later. Do I think some people are over medicated? Absolutely. Do I think? Some people get helped with medications. Absolutely. But that's my opinion. Hi, welcome to the program. Okay, we lost somebody there. Give me a call, 889-5252, and I promise you, you would be next. We did lose somebody hanging on the line. And it's not a black and white situation. It really isn't. 
you know, I, there are some people that have got tremendous help with medication. Schizophrenia, got them right back on their feet. But you have to know there are side effects, and you have to keep in touch with your doctor and tell him or her that, uh, you know, this doesn't feel right or that doesn't feel right. And there are some people who have absolutely got their life back. And believe me, I've had a lot of interviews on the subject, and very exciting when somebody uh, gets back on their feet. You're on the air. Welcome. Oh, hi, Sue. Hello, Susan. Yeah. Hey, you know, I was going to tell um, them on that last hour that um, when I was working at Lums in the 70s, it was a Saturday night, it was really packed in there, and there was this gentleman walking around. And he was saying, uh, uh, coincidentally, the Russians are coming, the Russians are coming. Mm -hmm. He's wa literally walking around between the tables telling everybody that. Yeah. Then he went up to the register, told my boss, Manny, oh, could you please tell the state hospital to come and get me? Well, he was smart enough to realize he needed help. Mm -hmm. Isn't that something? Yeah. And then... When I used to drive home late at night, you know, after we cleaned up, I'd be coming home from Norwich like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday night. Really? Wow. And Yeah, and I'm coming through Pocketonic, and I stopped at a stop sign, and um, good thing I have my doors locked, because somebody literally tried to open the, my car door at a stop sign. And I'm thinking to myself later on, you know, there could have been somebody that was loose from the state hospital or well, something. Or there could be somebody wanted to rob you or steal your car. There's a number of possible things. I'm oh, glad yeah. your door was Always locked. Always keep your doors locked. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, uh, oh, here's one for everybody out there. Why am I so perky all the time? And it's not just coffee. All right. Okay. What else do you take? Perky pills? Well, I'm going to tell you. This, you know, I read the Bible. And that was the way I was brought up as a kid from childhood on up, right? Mm -hmm. There's a verse in there, and I really do believe it's true. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And if you really think about it, and then, you know, when I was mowing lawns outside and it's hot in the summer with a push mower, there's a verse that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I would repeat that in my head, and I would get my mowing done when I started to get tired or feel weird. And just all, like... That is the best therapy if anybody got a hold of one. Whatever, whatever gives you peace is a good thing. Susan. You know, and, and, it, and it really does work. And, oh, hey, you know, on the Tesla stuff with cars and everything, mm -hmm. um, New York City Fire Department people, they want the lithium batteries from China banned because the little e-bikes they have so many of are causing apartment building fires. And they've had many of them, and there are Tesla cars that are being recalled, and I'm pretty sure I heard it had something to do with their batteries. But it's about the lithium battery recalls, and they're very, very dangerous. Oh, I know what it was. That, yeah, there are Tesla cars that have problems. This is what I heard this morning. People that own an electric car no, like this is California, this is Florida, different places like that. They're paying literally 
double in their car insurance what somebody with a regular car would pay. And mm, I'm starting you know to think that. to That's myself, interesting. You know, eventually it's going to hit with home insurance, too. Well, listen, let's not worry about things that haven't happened, okay? Oh, well, the, the, in, in my USA Today, Whoa. car insurance is doubling in a lot of places. Everything is going up, my friend. Yeah, Seems that way well, anyway. Hey, thanks. Have a beautiful, enjoy the sunshine. Hey, well, who are you having tomorrow? Uh, me. Me. So far, and I may have another guest. Excuse me? When are you going to go on vacation? On the 27th of this month. Oh, on the 27th. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Well, I'll talk tomorrow. I I may tell you as the will goes around. We still haven't got the estate thing settled, and I'll tell you all the dirt okay, on Okay, well, there's coming attractions with Susan. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Coming to a theater near you. Coming attractions. The movie, Susan. It's 27 till 2 at WICH AM and FM. So, we have a nice travel show that's on from 10 to 12 on Saturday. And it's everything, anything and everything about traveling, including airplanes and places to go. And give it a try. I think you will find it very, very interesting. They reach 1.2 million with their travel show. It's nothing boring, I tell you that much. They're America's number one travel radio show, and we've got it here on WICH AM and FM. Got a lot of travelers out there, huh? Going anyplace interesting lately? Talk, tell us about some of your traveling, huh? Let's see some of the odd stories of the day. A night, naked drunk steals an ambulance. The Macon Telegraph newspaper says the Macon, Georgia police recently arrested Bradley Baker for stealing a private ambulance while naked and drunk. The 48-year-old did burnouts in a parking lot before leading the police on a short chase. He's lucky he didn't need somebody to take that ambulance to the hospital. He stopped in a motel parking lot where officers arrested him. Baker gave no reason as to why he was naked and stole the ambulance. And then, how about this? A man was fired for being bald. Good grief. There's so many in the unemployment line. Times Now News says a 61-year-old man from the U.K. was fired for being bald. His employer terminated him because he did not want a team of bald-headed 15-year-old men representing his company. Mark Jones sued and won $85,000. Take that. $85,000. He can buy some hair with that. With PatriotSoftware.com Accounting and payroll Keep your time and money Oh, 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 oh Cloud-based premium accounting software and full-service payroll for up to 100 employees. PatriotSoftware.com. Accounting and payroll. Keep your time and money. The Yukon Sports Network from Learfield. Rebound. Loose puck. Score! The Huskies win. The ice bus rolls on. Shoot. Score! 
closes the door. Huskies will win it. Catch all the action all season long on your home for UConn hockey. Catch many of the UConn Husky hockey games right here on 1310 and 94.5 FM WICA. In possession of a grandfather clock that was handed down through your family over the years. It hasn't cuckooed or ding-donged in years. It hasn't chimed or tick-tocked. So, as I see it, there are two options. You can fix it or you can sell it. Either way, you'll want a real clock guy. And Phil is your man. Phil's Clocks and Repair in Jewett City can get that heirloom of yours up and running. And if you're looking for some extra dough, he might just take it off your hands. For clock repairs and sales of almost any kind imaginable, visit Phil's Clocks and Repair on Main Street in Jewett City. It's always worth the time. WICH AM and FM, join us weekends for the greatest hits of the 60s and 70s. Your home for Personality Radio, 1310 WICH and 94.5 FM. We've added so many songs to our musical mix, I think you're going to really like it. WICH, good afternoon. Hi, Stu. Hi. Hey, I was thinking of a, you know that song, uh, Enjoy Yourself? Enjoy Yourself, It's Later Than You Think. Guy Lombardo, yeah. yes. I like that one, and I like the country version of it. If you could play that sometime. I think it's called We're Only Here for a Little While by a George Strait, I think it is. Early uh, 90s. George Strait, I like him. I like him. Yeah. You know yeah maybe I'm has... wrong on the artist. Do you think I'm right on that? I don't know, but he George Strait has 50 hit songs. 50 of oh. them. Who That's else like has a record, ever, eh? Who's else ever, who else has ever done that? He's amazing. Wow. Yeah, I remember him in the early uh, 1990s, a lot of songs uh, in, in the van I used to drive in the Red Cross. And mm-hmm. They had a country station there, and he was on there like every other song. But it, 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 the songs didn't all blend together. Each one was unique. It was pretty good. Okay, well, maybe I can find that for you. Yeah, if you could. It'd be great, Stu. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thank you. By the way, one of our lunchtime oldies, uh, in the very near future, we're going to play classic country oldie hour. Classic country. But George Strait, I think he has a, an album, we still call them albums, of 50 number one hits. <laughs> That's unheard of. 50? That's what it said on the album. You know, maybe it's they weren't so big, but if they're number one, they have to be very big, Right. Okay. 895252 and you would be next. What else can we uh, discuss here? How about uh, let's find some things to worry about, right? Can add to the list. <laughs> don't forget, if you are a worry person, try to mix it up with some good things. Huh? You don't want to be worrying the whole day. And if watching or hearing the news gets you down, don't watch it so much. What do you think? Just don't watch it so much. I mean, I do. I want to be informed, but I watch it a lot, and sometimes I get really down in the dumps. And I want, I want to know these things. However, if it bothers you that much, skip it once in a while. Yeah? What the heck? 
I don't think there were any balloons that were shot down today. I don't think so. If you're ready to get out, have some fun, and jazz up in and around your home, the Home and Garden Show, presented by Xfinity, Generac, and L-Train Electric, is the ticket. Over 250 companies with everything from hourly gardening seminars to a tiny house. Friday, February 17th through Sunday the 19th in the Earth Expo Center of Mohegan Sun. Sponsored by Gano's Power Equipment, News 8, the Norwich Chamber, Integrity Roofing, GAF, and Renewal by Anderson. More at JenksProductions.com. Well, the gentleman who won $2 billion has finally come forward with the winning tickets. $2 billion. And I, I don't know why they had to put his name in, really. If, if I won uh, the $2 billion Powerball, well, that's California for, for him. The man won the $2.4 billion Powerball. Unbelievable and historic prize, California Lottery Director Alva Johnson said Tuesday after the jackpot ballooned for weeks in the fall following repeated drawings without a winner. One person won it. He declined to speak publicly Tuesday, but he said in statement he was shocked and ecstatic and glad to learn that California public schools also won big. Good for him. WICH, hi. Yeah, I'd just like to tell a story about the Norwood State Hospital, not exactly what they want to publish. No, uh, I want to hear about, Oh, I don't know, 35 years ago, if my friends are listening, they know who this is. I, got a, I actually got a telegram like five days after it was sent telling me that a gentleman had died and uh, please make funeral arrangements. Did I want an autopsy and send reply to post office box such and such? Well, I got the name of the I got the phone number for the hospital. I called them up to talk to the director, and the woman who answered, I told her I had no idea who this gentleman was, and she said she didn't care. I had to bury him. <laughs> I said, but I don't know him. Well, that's that's. And so, she said she, you know, she said, well, it, you know, I had to do that. I said, but if I was family, you don't even have a date on when he died. And she said, well, we have him in a freezer. So I, I argued the point with her, and I said, I'm going to be over there tomorrow. Oh, my God. And yeah. I hope somebody has an answer. Actually, my friends and I, we figured he was probably someone who had no relatives. His history actually turned out to be he was there for almost 40 years. Never a visitor. No one asked to see him, to visit, or to call. And we set about to make funeral arrangements, literally. And uh, It's really the bizarre story. He was taken care of, and he was... It was in a potter's field up in Hartford. Mm-hmm. So that was my story about the state hospital. Not a good one, but... thats I've never heard anything like that one. That is uh, truly, unless they had names wrong or something, but um, she said bury him anyway. Yeah, bury, that was the attitude, bury him anyway. You know, so it's just that he got more prayers, actually, after he died than when he was living. Mm-hmm. So that's my story about the state hospital. That Thank story. You. All right. Thank you. I wonder how long that person worked there who, uh, oh, <laughs> I'm shaking my head. I heard some rocks. You're on the air. Welcome. Well, if you win $2 million, I think you should take us all to lunch. Okay. And we could get <laughs> lobster rolls. Lo- that works for me. You're mm-hmm. hot or cold. You like the butter or the mayonnaise? I like them both. Yeah, I like the mayonnaise. I don't like butter on my lobster I, rolls. I do, too. 
So the only thing I have to gripe about, which I never gripe, is I still can't get you on FM, but your AM comes in um, 98% of the time, very clear, and, and that's what I have to listen to, and I can't, I still can't get the FM. It still plays um, symphony music. Yeah, I guess it <laughs> depends on where you are, but um, I'm glad you can get our AM good. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I grew up on AM, but no matter where I go, even in the car, if I'm driving around, it won't come in. Mm. So, uh, Dan said it was because the towers uh, weren't high enough. Okay, well, I'm going to try to push him up when I get off the work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one big tug. Maybe doesn't you could matter. help me. As long as we can get you, we don't care. All right. Take All right. it easy. Bye. Thank you. Hello, and welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Stu. How do you do? Hi, French Fry. What's up? <laughs> I had a story about, quick story about the Norwich Hospital. My dad and my uncle in the late 30s, early 40s, worked there for one day. Um, really? They lived, they lived on, on the grounds in the dormitory, I guess they had. And they were both, they weren't married, they were both young. And their job, their first job was to take a corpse from one of the wards to the morgue. And I, I guess they had underground tunnels. Uh-huh. From building building to building, and they were very dimly lit with a light bulb every so many feet. And so they went and they got the body and they put it on a on a cart and wheeling it through the tunnel. And the story goes the body made a noise, a moan and a groan, probably escaping gas or whatever. And they looked at each other, turned around, ran back to the dorm, cleaned out their clothes, threw it in the car, and went home. Never went back. Well, what a what a first day they had. Yeah, uh, they talked about it for years and oh years. Oh my and god! Years after. But uh, that was my Noah Hospital story. Well, that's quite a story too. Thank you. All right, kid. Have a good one you too. Well, that's a creepy one. And it's quarter of two at WICH on an absolutely beautiful February day. I'm so frustrated with our company's cleaning service. They're not living up to their promises, and it's really starting to bug me. That's why I use SureBright Commercial Cleaning Services. I know it's done right every time. Out of sight, out of mind. I'm Chris Heller, co-owner of SureBright. It all comes down to customer service. We know that our customers, like Hall Communications, trust us with their facility as well as their image. And we appreciate just how important superior maintenance is to our customers, their customers, and their employees. That's why with SureBright, you'll get only the best in service and quality. Being a family-owned, independent company, customers know that they can always call either Chris or Patsy Heller with any questions or concerns. SureBright Commercial Cleaning Service, a division of SureBright Enterprises Incorporated. Out of sight, out of mind works for me. I'm going with SureBright Commercial Cleaning Services. Great choice. SureBright Commercial Cleaning Services. Done right every night. Out of sight, out of mind. Serving Connecticut. Call 860 860- 887-9785 or visit SureBrightInc.com Hi, this is Pete from Yankee Remodeler and thanks to our many customers, both our residential and commercial divisions are booming. We're looking to add experienced carpenters and shop carpenters who want to be part of a dedicated team of professionals who enjoy doing the skills they do best. Yankee Remodeler is a full-service general contractor that's been trusted and relied upon since 1971. We offer competitive wages, benefits, and a great work environment. You can find us at YankeeRemodeler.com. You'll be glad you did. Take it from me. I've been part of the Yankee Remodeler team for the last 28 years. Yankee Remodeler! Okay, we have an open line for the first time this hour, so we have time to take your call, or if you want to call up and sing and maybe juggle. Juggling on the radio never really went over for some reason. 
Did you ever uh, listen to an old radio show of Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy? He had a ventriloquist dummy. I always said, I wonder if the dummy was actually with him when he was doing it, because he was on the radio. Nobody really knew if uh, Charlie was with him. I suppose he was. Knowing Edgar Bergen, I saw his uh, life story that Charlie had his own room in the house. Candace Bergman, his uh, daughter, used to say, and uh, nobody went in that room, but it was Charlie's room. You're on the air. Welcome. Good afternoon, Stu. I just tuned in, and I heard you folks are talking about the state hospital. Yes. Uh, While I never worked there, I had some uh, friends and family that did, and uh, it was quite interesting. Uh, A friend of mine was a cook there for his entire career, and uh, he said while most of the patients there were mentally deranged or you know inadequate to you know be out in public they all had very special gifts and the management there um saw to it that these people um did you know things that they could be proud of you know such as gardening uh artwork in the hallways uh murals um even cutting hair they had a barber shop there and um the the people that lived there uh they contributed, and I think it, it helped them out in, in a big way. Um, so there was a lot of good things that happened there. So they don't really sound deranged if they could do those things. No, for some reason, and I don't. I, I'm not a psychologist, so I'm mm-hmm. not sure why they they couldn't, you know, function in society. But they um, they were blessed with, uh, you know, gifts like we all are. Um, but this this individual I spoke to said. Um, the, the, the management there was able to bring that out and not the new way of mm. medicine where they suppress it. Well, that's that's very interesting. We had a couple. I, I, I'm sorry you missed it. You can get it on the podcast. We had two people who were doing a documentary on the North State Hospital at 11 o'clock. Steve uh, DiPolito, who worked there, and uh, Christine Phillips, who has books about it. So uh, it was quite interesting, and they're going to try to have it before the end of the year, uh, a documentary. Well, I, I look forward to seeing it because I, I grew up in, in Norwich, so it was right in our backyard, and, and it was uh, mm-hmm. it was well known. A lot of people that you know in our neighborhood worked there, and uh, it's nice to hear the you know stories from it. Thanks for sharing that one. That's that's Thanks, different. Thanks, Appreciate Steve. it. Thank you. Hmm, it's amazing. Everything amazes me. Television still amazes me. You're on the air. Welcome. Uh, I got a little little thing to add to the Norwich Hospital thing. Long after they de-institutionalized and basically tore most of the buildings down, uh, I was involved with a church, and there was a gentleman, uh, probably at the time in his 40s, and he was a nice guy. And he was big. He was like 6'3". He was a big man. Now, he was one of like 10 children. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, I knew one of his brothers. So, they had him living in a halfway house, so to speak. And the place was a dump. When you walked in... In the living room, they had couches, and they had a half of a 55-gallon drum full of sand. And 
these poor, the residents, all they would do all day would be smoke. I mean, you walked into the place and you'd cough. It, was, it just reeked. Now, this was the halfway well, house, right? This was the halfway house. Yeah, okay. It was in Norwich. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say where. It's probably not there anymore. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the, the church people tried tried to help him as much as they could, okay? And he accepted it, but unfortunately, you know, he was around on Sunday. I mean, people would have him over for dinner. I had him over for dinner several times. And but he had to go back to this halfway house. Well, and you know the environment he was in was terrible. So one particular time it was Easter, mm-hmm. and everybody in the church chipped in, and we bought him a new suit. Good for a you. New dress shirt mm-hmm. and a new tie. And he came to church. I mean, he was. It looked. He looked like a, you know, professional. <laughs> well, at the time I was in insurance business, I wore a suit and tie every day, but it was brand new, and he looked resplendent. I guess you could say. So he went to Easter dinner. In fact, he had it at my house, and we took him back. Now on Wednesday nights, we had Bible study. And we used to pick him up for the Bible study. When we picked him up, he looked terrible. He had the same clothes on, and they were stained, just the shirt was ripped. And we said, what happened? Oh, he says, they changed my medicine. Oh, oh my God, yeah. Well... You know, mm-hmm. my wife was an LPN for many years, and mm-hmm. she could tell certain certain mannerisms. And she told me that they did change this medicine, and it's for the worse. But this, you know, we said, how often do they change your medicine? Oh, well, you know, whenever they feel like it. Well, it's like they were experimenting with this guy. That's a strange story. Good. Strange story because if it ain't broke, you don't uh, change anything. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't he get was it. doing good. He had a support team, and that mm-hmm. was the church. And but the doctors, uh, you know, couldn't help but monkey around with these drugs that would. Well, keep I don't him. think they'd get away with it today. But uh, that's a very well, sad story. Mm-hmm. He, he eventually moved into uh, elderly housing up in uh, oh, good. City. So they had a better and, environment. Uh, yeah. We lost track of him, and he passed away from mm-hmm. what we don't know. What well, it was a very nice from. thing. I wish I had more time. It was a very nice thing that you did, buying him a suit and and giving him some hope. Well, and uh, it was good, good, good that you did church that. church tried to help him out. But mm-hmm. All right, interesting stories. Anyway. Thank you, sir. Thank you for Thank calling. You. Hi, welcome to the program. Hi, Stu. Hi. I had a, um, a recollection of the Norwich Hospital, and I remember being taken. I was up there on somewhere. All I know is behind glass, and it was closed off because that is where they perform the lobotomies, and all I know is there were leather straps near the feet, 
and probably up by the hand. And that was mm-hmm. that was really hard. Um, the other thing I wanted to say was my four years there, I also worked as a storekeeper down in the laundry department. The clean clothes that came through, and we had to fill the orders for all the wards that needed replenishing of clothes. And those people out there that are listening and talking about Norwich Hospital, they had the nook. You know, um, secondhand clothes, whatever. Uh, But we did have to fold them. I worked with patients. I really do have Um, to run because I'm getting hit by the clock. But um, Okay, I just want... Thanks for checking in. Forensic patients and the patients down there, they need to do repetitious uh, things. Mm -hmm. And I had to work with them. Okay, thanks. Enjoy this beautiful day. We're playing love songs. I'm going to leave you with a a lovely love song that didn't get on my list because we didn't have time. But here's a, a lovely love song. My love must be a kind of blind love. I can't see anyone but you.
Check us out online, WICH.com. If you want to hear the podcast, go to WICH.com and it'll say podcast. You link on to that. And please be kind to each other, everybody. It's a good start for a better world. And that's the end of our show, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you'll be with us again tomorrow. Goodbye. Jimmy Fowler will be on after the news. He had Rose, Rose